This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. Here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast. As always, I am Christian Blatt, joined today by the one and only Mr. Jeff Williams Jr. Great to be here. Great to talk Eternals. This is our Eternals special. Uh, we wanted to give everybody a chance to see the movie. But if you have not seen the movie, we are going to talk about all the spoilers uh, starting probably about one minute from right now. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think we're going to blurt out all the spoilers in the first instant. But, you know, at any point, the spoiler free cone of silence is lifted and uh, we're just going to talk about what we thought about the movie and uh, any of the spoilers in there including uh, a spoiler that uh, we had ruined for us but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later we'll talk about everything but jeff overall thoughts heading into the movie what you thought it might be and what you thought of the movie itself as you were watching it big picture when i when i walking into the movie i had no no like let me take that back i had some expectations i thought it was going to be visually stunning i thought it was going to be a great film but i didn't come in there thinking that i was going to be blown away in that sense like i had expectations because i knew the director was great i had expectations because it was a marvel film but in the sense that i knew nothing about eternals so i kind of came in there fresh in that sense and it was good i've been in so many marvel films nowadays that i know so many things about the film so many things about the storyline and coming into this story kind of fresh kind of new kind of green in a sense was fun to me and forget everything the critics are saying i really enjoyed this episode or this i said this episode i really enjoyed this movie well, you're visiting from the future, and in your mind, we've already recorded this episode, and you know that you've enjoyed this episode, and uh, I have also enjoyed this episode, too. But uh, yeah, look, I have said, ever since they announced they were making an Eternals movie, uh, I have learned at this point that I will always give Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios the benefit of the doubt. Uh, even something where I'm like, oh, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm going to wait and see. I actually... Yeah, I didn't know if Thor was going to work. I was wondering if Captain America was going to work. You know, is he too outdated? And uh, I was wrong in many, many times over on those. And look, Shang-Chi, I didn't know what to make of that. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, none of those characters were a Guardians of the Galaxy team that I was familiar with. I used to read a Guardians of the Galaxy series in the early 90s. Yondu was on the Guardians of the Galaxy, but none of those uh, characters from the movie. I knew Rocket Raccoon from his own standalone series. But yeah, so, uh, you know, I mean, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is really the one that you point at. We're like, look, if they made that work, I think they can make anything work. And they didn't just make it work. I mean, it was great. So uh, I uh, was a little, you know, slightly apprehensive just because of these characters, the little bit that I know of them. And I think that uh, the movie was great. I really enjoyed it. I think that it is different. You know, one of the biggest criticisms of people who even maybe liked it is that the movie is a little dense. And I think that saying that the movie is a little dense probably betrays the fact that we as a society have gotten more dense because 
you have to pay attention, but when you're in the movie theater and in the dark, you should be paying attention anyway. You know, if you're watching, if you're streaming something, yeah, I get it. You're on your phone. Maybe, you know, you're just uh, looking at something and who knows what's going on. Maybe you're cleaning, maybe you're making dinner, but if you're at the movie theater, you should be able to pay attention. But I do understand that there's a lot. This is a particularly deep story with a huge, a huge backstory for these characters. You know, there's 7,000 years of backstory that we know of as the movie starts. Turns out there's actually even more backstory than that, as we find out as we go along. But the, the simple fact is that there's a lot to digest. And I've been telling people it's the Dune of superhero movies. You can't not pay attention to Dune. You have to really pay attention to what's going on in that movie. Now, maybe if you pay attention, you might not like it. Maybe it's not for everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But you definitely have to pay attention. If you're going to have a chance of enjoying Dune, and I feel like if you're going to have a chance of really enjoying Eternals and really appreciating it, uh, I think it's just that simple that you need to pay attention. But when the movie starts, and before we even get the, the Marvel Studios, you know, the little title card, the fact that this movie starts with like a Star Wars like crawl of like, well, let's tell you about these these people that have been around for 7000 years. I'm like, oh, OK, they're just diving right in. And man, there's a lot of exposition and a lot of explanation. But in the way where they ha there's so many characters, you know, there's 10 of them in my mind. When I was talking about this uh, on our previous episode, I thought there were seven. And then I, and then you can look at the poster that we have for our, 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 our viewers on YouTube right now. Uh, there's 10 of them and mm -hmm. they're, uh, they're actually, they had 12 of them in the, I guess, earliest uh, draft of the script. And they realized there's just too many, you know, I mean, 10 is too many, but I think yeah. that they do a good job. They're also different. And, uh, I think that maybe the biggest surprise, Jeff, let me know if you think this are the allotment of screen time for some of these different characters. Uh, did, were you surprised at how little Angelina Jolie we got? And uh, specifically that not only did we not get that much Selma Hayek, but I mean, she, again, all the spoilers, we're doing the eternal spoilers right now. I've now said it. So you should know that I've said that with these are all the spoilers, but Selma Hayek dies so early in the movie. I'm like, wait, what? She's like, she's the biggest one on the poster. So were you surprised See, at, at, at the the allotment of screen time for these different characters? Yeah, yes and no. I mean, how much really is Salma Hayek going to do in a superhero film without it being too much CGI? But if you think about it, she kept coming up in, in the movie throughout all these um, prior scenes and stuff. So, like, she was in the movie a decent amount of times, but she did die in the film early, if that made sense. Because, like, early, uh, we saw the Icarus and uh, Salma Hayek scene um, later in the film, but she had already passed away. So, like, there was instances where we saw her. But for, for Angelina Jolie, I kind of I suspected that. She's, um, she's a huge name. She kind of plays, not, like, plays her role, but, like, I, I mean, it, it wasn't a it was a little bit more than a cameo. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't expect her to be the, the, the main character because she just doesn't seem like she would want that role in Marvel. I feel like she's more of a, she played more of like the Gamora, but almost like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't surprised. I think she's like, just like a specialty. 
if that makes any sense. It's like, oh, okay, we're gonna you we we love having you, but like you're not gonna be our A person. Also, she doesn't want that as well. That's how I saw it. And I wouldn't I wouldn't I would be surprised if Angelina Jolie wanted like the leading role in a Marvel movie, but just because of how much time consuming that would be. Right. I mean, she wouldn't want to be like Black Widow, you know, I mean, she yeah, wouldn't want exactly. to be the lead in a movie. And I think that one of these ensemble projects, it does make sense for her. And yes, it makes sense for Sam Hayek. Uh, I think specifically just how much this is really Gemma Chan's movie. I mm -hmm. was not expecting that. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think that she's great in it. I think, uh, honestly, I think everybody's great in it, but I, I think that it's really a great opportunity for her to shine. And I think it's, it's good that they didn't feel like by her being in Captain Marvel, even though she's not really in it that much, but it's enough. She's on screen. Uh, you know, I mean, she doesn't look exactly like her. But she was in it enough where I could understand that. Just like, well, we can't, we can't use her again. We already used mm -hmm. her, so I think it's great that she got this opportunity. And you know, it it really is her story because of how important she becomes after uh, Salma Hayek dies. You know, yeah, a hundred percent. It's it was it was great to see like the whole cast on there and to see how well they divided up the time because unlike dune where it was two characters and a lot of supporting cast this movie actually felt like a team movie like a like everybody seemed to have a storyline understanding why they did what they did who's their backstory who's their family where where they were during those seven thousand years of being in isolation or or in hiding or whatever so it was kind of going back to like some of the other things you talked about it was great story building, even though it was so dense. This can be the Dune of Marvel, but like it was still handed to us. And like it was handed to us as the audience members. This is what's happening. These are who these people are. Here's the storylines. And Dune, you had to be sitting there. You had to know the backstory. You kind of had to hear it. Marvel, Marvel did a great job at, at spoon feeding it spoon feeding it for us and another thing is that angelina jolie mentioned this and it might be a, a reason why she chose this more than like the captain marvels or the black widows or something this story and this project actually encompasses more real life in the fact that like these families are blended and then if you know anything about angelina jolie her family is very blended so sure, like yeah. she's she said that on multiple red carpets that like this represents stuff that i see in my own house so it's like it might have been like this project meant something for her as as to why she took that role in in um, this movie specifically. Yeah, no, I think that it probably was appealing to her in that way. And uh, you know, in terms of it still being a superhero movie, it's just sort of it, it it's from a different mold. You know, I mean, honestly, I feel like this is what Zack Snyder always tries to do, but gets a little bit uh, too in the weeds. I think that uh, he's got uh, too many yes people around him. Uh, but uh, I think it, you know, I think uh, Chloe Zhao did a, a tremendous job with a very complicated movie. And uh, speaking of complicated, uh, joining us now is our friend, uh, Elena Jordan, who went to the movie with us, uh, we all saw it together uh, at the uh, very fancy early press screening. Uh, uh, Elena, how are you today? I'm good. My uh, internet was being a little complicated, but got well, it up and working now. It's, so. it, these, these are complicated times. 
Mm-hmm. We're we're really just kind of still talking sort of big picture about the movie, what we thought, uh, and maybe what your expectations were going into it. Uh, so just uh, sort of the same things that we're saying, uh, Elena. What uh, what what was your expectations going in? And what did you think as you were watching this story unfold? The crazy thing to me was that it had such divisive opinions from. Oh boy. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get into some of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was going into it, I I really didn't know what to expect because I was like, okay, well, I've heard, you know, it's, it's really dense. There's, you know, a lot like it's, you know, sometimes convoluted. I didn't think any of that the whole time I was watching it. I was like, this is perfection like i thought the uh i thought the character i mean you have that many characters and they still find a way for us to care about every single one of them and it doesn't go full into their backstory but enough that that you know it just really draws you in and i was not expecting jimma chan to be like the freaking star of this movie and i was like yeah yeah that's what i was that's what i was saying is that i wasn't expecting it look we we all knew that uh you know shang chi was the first uh, asian-led movie in the mcu and then what we didn't realize was just a few months later we were going to get the second one uh obviously it's a huge ensemble but she really it really is her movie it's It's her her story she and and i i like i said i was not expecting that and uh, i think she she gets some uh, great stuff to do what were you gonna say jeff did you get some? Well, I'm gonna just say I got some um, X Men kind of vibes when they first showed her and um, Kit Harrington in the classroom, and they were just. Um, I don't. I mean, it, it could easily be them being superheroes in a classroom, giving me, giving me X Men vibes. But like, it was something that I was hopeful for of like what the Marvel, what Marvel could be like, or MCU could be like in the X Men world, just in the sense of like kind of more down to earth superhero type of feel and there's more grounded it just it just seemed more grounded and not as popcorny as a marvel film and I, that's what i expect the x-men would be yeah no i mean obviously by being set in a school where uh things start to go wrong and you know uh the after school activities degenerating into fighting deviants uh yeah i didn't really think of it at the time but you're right there is kind of like an x-men vibe to it you know uh i thought it was crazy though that kit harrington has his own funko pop for this movie and he's in it for like a minute (laughs) like i was like what that's well, he shows up a few times. <laughs> I was say, that's because people and love end, Kit Harrington. It, and that's it. Yeah, yeah he's definitely and the bookend of the movie. Yes, and I love that every big production he's in apparently has to have a character named Cersei. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's true. He only signs on to Cersei-led productions. He's so like, if you want him, you might have to rename. Is there a Cersei? Yeah. Yeah, and, and perhaps one day the goal is that he gets to play a Cersei at some point. That's the only way to get him. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll I think... Cersei about that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So <laughs> the the interesting thing is that because there are so many Eternals, there are not a lot of supporting characters. Uh, Dane Whitman being one of them, uh, you know, but uh, so, yeah, there's just not room for like anyone else. Um, but uh, I want to talk about sort of the uh, another big standout and again, I, I have said this before that I think Kamal Nanjani was on screen for five seconds and I'm like, oh, this is why they hired him. 
it was like so obvious. Uh, I know that uh, Jeff, you've posted a little bit about uh, your thoughts on Kamal Manjani. So let's uh, let's let's talk about yeah. him and uh, you know his role in the movie. So um, if anybody knows me, I, I love watching interviews. I love like seeing behind the scenes and whatever feature they do before films. So hearing that he was going to be in this film, you kind of say you kind of get the sense that oh, he's going to bring some comedic some comedy to the film which is great but like how does that really fit in and you start to see him getting more fit in in real life so like you start to see him getting ready for this film and everything and there was a i saw this interview about him getting him preparing about it and he says he goes like this throughout the film like pew 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 and he does and like before i watched the film i'm like this this is gonna be weird literally it's it's it it was cool it was funny to me like his whole performance was great multiple times i laughed out loud and like it was a great time and he brought so much comedy to a very grounded and very serious and very dense film for the mcu so i i loved his addition to the film yeah i mean i think that uh sort of the the larger than life over the top uh you know bollywood character was perfect for him and it's interesting too because it's like Oh, did he really have to get so jacked for this movie? I don't think so. But, you know, he realized, like, this is my opportunity to do it. And Marvel's uh, you know, paying look, for it, man. Like, yeah. send me a nutritionalist and a <laughs> coach. Like, let's go. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. He's like, he's like, I got to I got to get on that Hugh Jackman diet because. Uh, yeah, he's like Star-Lord, man. I saw Chris Pratt and Parks and yeah. Rec and I saw what they did. Like, I would get that for free. Am <laughs> I good? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 look, it is really, it, it, it's, it is impressive that transformation, but he's still him, you know, I mean, he, he's still he's come on on Johnny. I mean, too. he does a great job as, as Kingo, you know, but I think that it, uh, you know, he brings the presence that he wants. It's like Aquafina in Shang-Chi. You don't want her to be something different than Aquafina. Otherwise, why did you hire her? So if yeah. you're going to bring him into your movie, He's he's gonna do that, you know, and uh, uh, I, I think. What's that? I mean, sorry, sorry to like somewhat disagree. Aquafina was a comedic relief. Yeah, I feel no, like no, no, no. I yeah, feel like, I mean, okay, but I, but, I it's, say, but it's the, no, it's the same thing though. It's like, like well, a why character would you, type. What? Gotcha. Why would you hire Kamal Nanjani? He's a lead. But why yeah. would you hire him for this movie if you didn't want him to bring the comedy that he's gotcha. well known for providing on Silicon Valley and you know, uh, elsewhere, uh, obviously, but I mean, and he's shown that Portlandia, he's a great actor. Yeah. And he was great. Fan, I mean, his, like, his, his film, the big sick was actually a great movie, you know? So, uh, I think that, uh, it, it's great to see. And, uh, you know, I just want to sort of go over, uh, there's, uh, also, I think a, a great standout in this movie is, uh, Brian Tyree Henry as uh, Fastos. Before we leave, Kamal, can I just say one yeah. thing about him one yeah, more time? Sure. Please do. He didn't say anything for like the first few minutes he was on yeah. screen and just that one eyebrow raise. Like I was like, I'm all in in like two <laughs> seconds. So I was yeah. like, that is, that's somebody who knows like, this is how you do comedy. This is how you do physical comedy without and then oh my god yeah he was just fantastic so i just have to praise him some more so okay no now. no i mean <laughs> it, it really just like the way that he inhabits the actor side uh you know the the actual 
the celebrity aspect of being Kingo. And just, I love the explanation. He's like, no, this is my great grandfather and my grandfather, you know, and all that. And he's like, oh, yeah, his just... driver, like the, his relationship yeah. like yes. that. I was like, okay, this is really good. Yeah. He, really he was great. Good. Never running out of, uh, never running out of cameras. I thought was great. Uh, so Brian Tyree Henry, who I think uh, mostly people know from uh, Atlanta, uh, of the series Atlanta, not just, you know, hanging out in Atlanta. Uh, I, I think that uh, he was another great character. Uh, one that we really didn't get to spend time. I mean, it, we're like well more than an hour in before we really get to know him. I mean, he shows up in some of the flashback stuff, but uh, I, I thought that he was great. And look, just to see the cast assembled, this is a very diverse cast. And with this character, assemble. Yeah, and with this character, they went even further, uh, and you see that uh, you know he is in a same-sex relationship. They have a kid together, and uh, this is uh, something that apparently is you know it's great to have this kind of inclusion in your movies, uh, except for people that don't see the movie, find out it's in there, and then they decide they need to review bomb uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Because they're like, well, that shouldn't be in a superhero movie. You know, it's like, look, if you don't see a movie and you don't like it, you have, there's any, you know, people have, it's opinion. People can not like a movie for whatever reason, but to just find out, you know, and it's like, I also think that people kind of conflated a couple of things. You know, we have the, we have the, 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 the sex scene between uh, Cersei and Icarus. And then we also have this gay relationship. So somehow those two facts turned into there's a gay sex scene in this movie. And uh, to which I say, this is still Disney. Did you really think that that's what was going to be in this movie? Uh, but anyway, um, let's uh, but let's uh, just start off and talk about Fastos. Let's talk about Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, I'll ask you first, uh, Elena. Uh, what did you think about his character and sort of the representation that uh, he provided to the film? I loved his character because he also had some some great like little one-liner moments and some comedic relief moments too. Um like the plow thing like that was just hilarious to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> that was great. Um but I yeah, I loved that they had that whole dynamic and him basically saying, you know, look, I am all in on earth. Like I found the love of my life. I have a child. I'm not doing all this you know, whatever stuff, like we got left here. We're, I'm just going to make the most of it type deal. And I thought that that like is such an interesting perspective too. When you have all of these different characters, like we have, you know, Jimmy Chan, like Cersei kind of finding that with, with Kit Harrington's character. But I, I just loved everything about this. And the fact too, that I'm like, okay, so we can have like, naked straight people banging but we can't have like a loving relationship between two men where they're like i love you i care about you i support you i'm here for you let's raise yeah. our child and i'm like come on and also that is not the first sex scene in a marvels movie i'm like you guys it opened with that 2008 iron man the mcu kicked off with tony stark banging so i don't want to hear it anymore yeah, but uh, you know, with Tony Stark, you know, there's there's not enough emotion in it. This is this is the it's first like, loving sex scene. You know, that's that's just uh, that's just Tony Stark hoeing around, basically. Yeah, you know? and, well, and by that I mean he's the hoe. But you know, in case there's any confusion to me using that terminology, uh, yeah, no. But I mean, I think that uh, 
I, I understand sort of the significant it, it's, you know, you have this and, and, you know, it's like a sex scene that you don't need to edit in any way to put on broadcast television. You know, this, that, that could be on ABC family, you know, and I'm sure it will be one day. Pretty <laughs> you little know, liars, but, I'm sure has had worse. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so what did you think, Jeff, uh, f- about the character of, uh, of Festos as we, we get to know him? Yeah, I really enjoyed his character and mm-hmm. what, just what we were just talking about, how there was another like facet of comedy. I thought he yeah. brought a, a different di- dimension to that because like his comedy was not the same as Camille's. Like it was more of like the annoyed, sarcastic um the deadpan he, that Camille yeah the deadpan plays. because he's because he's so smart he knows so much and it's just like yes i'm doing this you should know this kind of thing so it, it was a great like addition and it just separated him and you guys touched it like there's people out here that you hear you hear about a lgbt community uh, uh relationship and you're like already against it you don't even know what the storyline's about you don't know who the people are you don't know what what's going on in the film yeah like, yeah, like it's, we're it's, we're not trying to get you to watch Hedwig and the Angry Inch, okay? I mean, this is this is a superhero movie that down. happens to have a lot of different kinds of characters in it, and uh, you know, look, over seven thousand years, uh, I I think that uh, you know people can find out a lot of things about themselves, you know. And then like the people are gonna say, why would they have to put it in there? Why would you have to put in any relationship in there? Yeah. That's the same yeah. thing. It's just like you. Your folk, if your focus is on that, then that is your problem, and you got to move on. You're what 25, 26 movies in, you know, and you have you know 10 main characters in this. Uh, I think that uh, just the law of averages are at some point, uh, you would start to have gay characters, you know. We have people making out, I'm sorry, we have people making out with aliens, we have we have raccoons flying around, we have (laughs) so many things. But a dude kissing a dude is like, you know what? Yeah. This is what I'm calling it. Time out. Y'all have a great one. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what were you going to say, Elena? I just hope this is the precursor to Valkyrie, like hardcore making out with some hot chick for like 10 minutes of the movie. I, <laughs> not, uh, I, don't, I don't know that anybody's going to disagree with that uh, on this it's gonna be, today. It's, it's going to be her another girl and a director at the same time during the film <laughs> i think i think tiki uh 100% recorded himself making out with her <laughs> yeah i think that uh i i think that it's it's great you know we're talking about the different kinds this. of comedy that is that are provided by the different characters uh so i think it's important to highlight gilgamesh who is an uh, is one of the more mainstream Eternals in that he ha- has been a member of the Avengers uh, at a period in time that I was reading comics. Uh, Gilgamesh was an Avenger around issue three hundred or so, and uh, the the actor who plays him is billed as Don Lee, uh, and he I think he's great. I think that uh, he adds also a different kind of funny, and I think when you have a two hour and forty minute superhero movie. Uh, it needs to be a little light. You have to have people that can do comedy. You know, uh, Elena, right as you came in, I was sort of saying that, you know, when you have sort of a next level superhero movie, that it's a little bit more advanced, maybe a little bit more grown up seeming at times. To me, that's always what it seems like uh, Zack Snyder was trying to do. And sometimes he succeeded and sometimes he didn't. And uh, the difference being is that this movie still manages to be fun and funny 
Um, but, uh, so, uh, Elena, what did you think of, uh, Gilgamesh? I think that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a fun addition to, to the gang. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I really feel like they did such a good job of representing all of the characters just enough to also keep us interested to see more of them as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting to get, you know, a little bit more from each of these characters but of course you know otherwise it will be a snyder cut and it'll be 20 hours long so (laughs) yeah and that and and again that's uh that's another character that i I think leaves us too soon which is uh definitely disappointing but uh i guess when you have 10 characters uh some are gonna have to go by uh the wayside uh jeff i wanted to talk a little bit about uh sprite who i think uh provides sort of a really interesting you know, just a really interesting sort of dichotomy or an interesting dilemma really is that you are eternal, you're immortal, but you're stuck as a kid. And obviously uh, she develops uh, emotionally and, you know, 7,000 years, you know, way more than any of us ever will. And uh, yet she still looks like a kid to everybody. Uh, what did you think about that storytelling choice uh, that, the, that they made with uh, Sprite, Jeff? Well, how I feel at the end of it is Sprite can kick rocks. I don't like how they just like let Sprite um, come back to the team and just be able to, you know what you can, you can um, grow up to be an old person. No, I would have treated her the same way. um, um, We we treated Agatha because she would have been, you wanted to be a kid. You could be a kid. You wanted to be a neighbor. You could be a neighbor because look, you backstabbed, you backstabbed the Eternals. Yeah. you decide to do that it just seemed too quick of a turnaround for me yes they're family and yes they've been around for a long time and they've known each other for a long time but as a viewer it was a quick turnaround they they yeah i mean the movie we were so far in at that point i don't think that they wanted to spend any time having her make amends but i do agree it boy they yeah. they were very quick like yeah come on back you know That's i'm like really fine. yeah, yeah. You know, like why don't you why don't you spend some time in Siberia or something? How about an oil rig in Alaska? What were you gonna say, Lena? I wanna see like kind of how I was saying, like I'd like to see a little bit more. Like I wanna see more. We got to see some of Sprite and Cersei's relationship kind of at the beginning. I would have liked to see more of that of them like being really good friends and seeing maybe yeah. Cersei see when she turns herself into the adult and then you know the hand goes through at the bar and like how hurt Sprite is. Like, I would love to have seen some of those moments, just like I want to see more Gilgamesh and Thena. Like, I'm like, I could watch a whole separate thing of just what they were doing while they were, you know. Yeah, he spent, you know, a few thousand years just kind of babysitting her, you know. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I even want to see his, like, vacation in Thailand. Like, I'm like, I'm down. Yeah, they did did reference that. Uh, and, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, we will go through all the Eternals here. Uh, Barry Keegan, I think is how you say, uh, his name, uh, Druig who, uh, you know, people, uh, he was in, um, uh, the Christopher Nolan movie. Um, and, uh, I'm blanking on it now. Uh, Dunkirk. I, 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 it was like, I'm like, like, Harry Styles. That's all I can. I'm like, yeah, no. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I need the history in here. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, just a uh, world history, uh, brain fart there. He was from Dunkirk. And, uh, I thought it was interesting too, to, uh, you know, tell the story of the guy who could really change, you know, he could, if he wanted to, he could control all of humanity and have them live a righteous life, uh, you know, and, uh, put down their, their arms and, 
why can't we all just get along? Uh, he Druid could have made that happen. And uh, I think that uh, it this movie asks interesting questions about superpowered beings who can live forever. And at a certain point, it's like, but why do I have to let them fight? Uh, what did you think of Druid, Elena? I, I, you know, I really like Druid because I, he is such a complicated character that, you know, like we even have when Kamal's like, oh man, Druid sucks, like, which is hilarious. <laughs> but at the same, you know, it's like at the same time, it's like, okay, he is doing the wrong thing, but with the best of intentions. So it is kind of hard. The weird thing to me that was him and Makari, like when they were like, I was with them and they were like, oh, I hate it. Like, I was like, she's too yeah. good for him. But she's she so is. sweet. She definitely like is. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I don't know. It was a very like Keely Wicket type vibe that I was getting. Ted Lasso reference. Um, but yeah. yeah, I like the whole like, you know, bubbly, happy, sweet girlfriend. And they're like moody, like, I'm druid. <laughs> that was spot on by the way impersonation yeah oh no I nailed it <laughs> yeah totally uh but, yeah well go ahead oh yeah i mean in that situation i don't know what i would do either when they're like okay you're not allowed to interfere at all unless it's something to do specifically with what you're saying like i mean that would be difficult if, especially if you're somebody like we're seeing all these characters do have an emotional connection to humans and Druid does to, you know, just humanity overall. So that's got to be painful knowing that you could save people and you have to just watch them kill each other. Yeah. Uh, and I want to yeah. know, Jeff, your thoughts on Druid, but then also this sort of same idea, you know, you have, you're asking difficult questions about, Druig and Sprite and you know it, it that's sort of what separates this movie and, and it has the time even though there's so many characters to bring it next level uh you so you know I'm just kind of wondering your thoughts on on the dilemma facing Druig throughout thousands yeah. and thousands of years this is see this is the thing that I feel like people might call it too dense for or yeah may throw them off from other Marvel movies but I love it about that because they're asking serious questions. They're asking tough questions that we can walk away with and think about on our own. We're not we're not watching uh, a popcorn uh, film that's watching Spider-Man face some 3D cameras and is really Mysterio and you're walking away just thinking, okay, that was cool action. You yeah. walk away thinking, May, is humanity worth it? Like, should like <laughs> like are we worth it? Should we be there's there's things that we should be taking with us, things that, that are actually hard decisions that they're facing in the film. But in Druig's case, and like in the film, not only is his like power to control people's emotions, I wonder if he's able to like feel people's emotions and read it and kind of get it back, get it back and like receive it in a sense. Because if he's around these people, seeing the fighting, seeing the, the Holocaust, seeing all these bad events that happened, seeing 9-11, seeing everything, you're feeling a lot of bad emotions. You're seeing a lot of bad emotions. And if you know you can kind of change that in any way possible, that's torture in and of itself. So do you, I don't feel he's doing anything wrong. He's being tortured in a sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, when you think about when you have that kind of power as the Marvel Universe is built on this notion that with great power comes great responsibility. But uh, when you're essentially programmed 
to ignore the responsibility that comes with it and just focus on this really kind of menial task. You know, you, you just really need to babysit the deviants. Uh, I, I think it, it, it really, it gives you a lot to think about. And uh, I like to think that humanity is worth it, but uh, look, we have times where <laughs> it's proven otherwise. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, Makari for a moment, who oh. is, you know, obviously not given as much screen time as some of the other characters. Uh, Lauren Ridloff is that actress's name. Uh, I think she's great. And I love the fact that, you know, they they hire someone who, you know, uh, speaks the one language that she can learn, which is, you know, sign language. And uh, I think it's great that obviously everybody knows how to interact with her. And uh, I think that uh, she's a great part of it and uh, a great power set, too. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that anytime you have somebody with uh, with Quicksilver or Flash speed, it's uh, always kind of cool to watch. Watch. Um, what did you think of Makari, Jeff? I I enjoyed her, and and sorry, I got distracted. Not gonna lie, I got. That's all right. We're just talking about Makari in general, though. You, you know, I made mean? a yeah. chit chat and then come back to you because I got some things can, to say because, about Makari yes, and Drew. Yes, because that's fine. Yeah, yeah, we go because we I'll jump. I'll jump in because I know I love the fighting style, but I don't know exactly well, the answer. So. I, I do know. I do know that you got distracted, Jeff, because I said the Flash, and everybody knows that that's your one true love. Yes, uh, but I mean, the, you, as the chat, you, as the chat so often reminds you uh, that it's like, yeah, but he likes the Flash, so. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. I mean, yeah. but like, but like, I think one of the first things I told you when we left the film, I we left the movie, is that like that her fighting scenes were what what stood out in the film for me. Yeah. Like, I thought that was next level for anything we've seen in Marvel. I love her. I loved like that whole fighting scene with her and Icarus. It was yeah, it just seemed really dope for me. And then her character in general, the fact that she. um was deaf so like we had to uh we didn't have to learn sign language but they showed sign language in there they highlighted it yeah. they showed that it's just a part of people's families so like they were talking but everybody knew sign language so they can communicate with her and they didn't really make it a big deal they just acknowledged it and moved on yeah i i love those parts of this yeah. of the story and just like there is a gay um relationship just like they're a kid just like there's black people just like there's asian people it's a part of the story then you move on. It's just yeah. it's just a thing. And then you you don't really think about it. So I love how that was part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, right. It wasn't like, and now we have our first deaf character. Can yeah. you please yeah. pat us on the back for uh for including that as well? Uh what what are your thoughts on Macari Elena? I think that it is great that we finally have this representation. I think it's gonna definitely, you know, impact probably a lot of kids and make them feel like hey i can be a superhero too here's somebody who's like me which i love um yeah. and i do love that she's so sweet and that even though it does feel really forced in some ways to have her with druig it makes him not like a killgrave character because he kind of has the same power so having someone like her to be like i'm really sweet i ground you like it makes his character yeah. seem like more likable than if because you're like, oh, well, I like Makari so much. So if she likes him, he's got to be good, right? So I thought that that was kind of a smart way to, to kind of do that, to take one character that could kind of go either way and then have a character that you just unequivocally love kind yeah. of with them to highlight why you should like that character too, even if others don't. 
Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I think that uh, the, the, I, I, I think it's, it, it is important. It's funny because until you said that, I didn't even think about the fact that Druig has, you know, essentially the same power set as Purple yeah. Man, aka Kilgrave. And, uh, you know, just it's a reminder of how, how dangerous that kind of power can be. Uh, and, you know, we t- we've talked sort of in passing about Thean and Ajax in that they are a little bit more incidental than I think the movie poster makes them seem. Uh, but I do want to talk about, (laughs) yeah, I know. I do want to talk about Icarus for really only a moment. Um, Richard Madden, I think, uh, portraying Icarus. Uh, I do think it's very funny when, uh, Fastos's son refers to him as Superman and, uh, you know, you don't get a lot of that in the MCU where people are referring to Superman. And I think Batman might've been mentioned once. It's just funny that it's like, oh yeah, they have those characters too, but obviously they're pretend, (laughs) which I think is kind of funny. Um, he, I think is an important part of the movie. And you need somebody to be in this opposition that is sort of for the big reveal, which I, I, I think we'll talk about in a moment. But man, that guy is stiff and boring as hell. And uh, I was hard to, I, I was I, very difficult in uh, being excited for that character. I would forget about him when I would think back on the movie. And I mean, he's actually kind of a super important, he, you know, Icarus and Cersei are the two main uh eternals like they're the ones that you usually see on the covers i mean mm-hmm. icarus has like a like a dutch boy like blonde haircut but still i mean he's the main one and so i think i don't know i mean he's got the he's got the superman power set but uh i was very underwhelmed by him um uh, am i being uh too harsh jeff see i feel like you are i Good. really enjoyed his character i i mean he de- Compared to any Superman I've ever seen, he's had the most. He had the most personality. I mean, DC is rocking with some. Okay, smart thought. <laughs> like, the, like they say, like yeah. three words in the whole movie. But yeah. like, I I really enjoyed his character. I thought I was totally surprised. I mean, like I told you guys, I came in not knowing too much about the backstory. So right, sure. him being the twist and him like kind of working against the um, Eternals. I was thrown off by that whole twist and I really enjoyed it. I thought it brought a yeah. whole different dynamic to the film and it kind of made his character more. Um, I mean, just gave it, gave him more layers because like in a sense, he was almost too perfect. He had all the great powers. He did all the like super, I mean like the superhero stance didn't say too much. He didn't have any comedy with him. So like, that's why he was kind of the the stiff stoic guy. But like once you saw the evilness to him and it kind of he could have dove into it a little bit more. Don't get me wrong. But like you saw the evilness and the no, I'm going to do this because this is what we're supposed to do. And almost in the same same vein as um, I can't I can't think of her name, but head timekeeper. When we were thinking of Loki, she was like, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what the timekeepers are saying. And this is what we need to do in the same right. vein as that. So like it was it was cool to see. I like his character. Yeah, I think his character has a great story point and his role in, again, the opposition, uh, I think is a surprise. And I think it's well done. Uh, I just, uh, I, you know, just uh, lack. Uh, there was not a lot of heat coming off the screen for me personally. Uh, Elena, do you agree with Jeff? Am Which I is ironic because it's ironic there wasn't heat coming off the screen since he flies into the sun. Well, um, and considering that he looks like that, you know, I mean, a guy who looks like that, there should be some heat oozing off of the screen. He's a he's a good looking fella, but 
I, you know, it was this, I, I'm with you actually, Christian, because I okay. felt like, okay, I'm, I don't think that he necessarily, like it was trying to show like he isn't. Well, Elena agrees evil. with me. So now she goes up here. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> uh, but, but he's not like inherently evil because we even see that with Ajax. Like he's heartbroken. Like yeah. we see like the whole, like the boy's laser moment too, where he's just like, I'm angry, mm -hmm. laser eyes. Like, but you know, he's heartbroken because he feels like he's obligated to do this. And that the person that he was looking towards to lead has now failed them. So now he has to take on the burden because we even see later when he's like, Oh, Cersei, like, why did you choose Cersei? You know, it's, it's like a whole, I don't know. I feel like to, to make us really, really like Dane who black Knight maybe later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, touch on that. Um, sure. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to really be rooting for Cersei and him, but you see like she has thousands and thousands of years of history with Icarus, it's like, yeah, you kind of want to make him a little bit unlikable or you're going to be like, oh, she should have been with her ex. You know, like, yeah, it needs to be like, even when he's turned, it's not a full heartbreak moment for her. Like, obviously it stings, but she already has someone else who actually treats her well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Jeff, you've got about 10 more minutes, so I do want to move on to a couple of different things. Let's uh, spend a couple of minutes on the actual uh, plot. I mean, this movie is so there's so much to it. It's a lot of setup. <laughs> you know, it's like the last 40 minutes are really or, you know, like 30 of the last 40 minutes are when everything actually happens. But this reveal, I was legitimately surprised this idea that. You know, they're not really the good guys because they're there to allow basically harvest the earth and all of its inhabitants for food for the celestials. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, then the idea of like, oh, this is part of the greater good because, you know, celestial means more life around the world. Um, I found that to be legitimately surprising. And I think on that level, you don't get a lot of big surprises in, in these kind of superhero movies, not on that level, you know, where it's like, oh, actually, these characters, uh, they mean well, but their mission is not a particularly good one. You know, I mean, it's a, mm -hmm. there's like a, you know, it, it, it happens, you know, there's, a, you know, sometimes the like the the uh, Jennifer Garner show that J.J. Abrams did uh, alias there's like a big reveal like uh, you know that it's like oh, this is actually you know actually you're not one of the good guys it doesn't happen that much you know and I think that they, it was really well executed and it was a legitimate surprise that uh, that's where these characters were what did you think about it just in general Jeff yeah I thought it was a big surprise as well but then also I thought about like where in the H.E. Double Hockey Sticks is the rest of the world at what yeah. are they thinking you know sam samuel L. jackson used to be on top of his stuff so if a if a whole ice human pops out of the water with like multiple eyes and stuff and like it just it just seems so like yeah. how is no one noticing because we just came back from the snap like they're fighting the world's ending and stuff and no one knows that this, their Earth's about to explode. It yeah, just seemed uh, like Doctor Strange doesn't even look up from his book. You know, he's like, yeah. "Wait, is something?" He's busy ah, with other stuff. Yeah, no, I yeah. know he's busy. He's busy with <laughs> Wanda and Peter, and you know, I get it. He's like, all of our kids are all messing <laughs> up and, out here. I in can't all honesty, they might address it. that too. You know, they might be like, uh, "There's something going they on here." Like, oh my god, I got taken away. You know, or something. We so. saw the like news report or whatever yeah. about like the. The hand thing so the rest of the world is aware that it happened They're yeah just like for we sure. don't know why it's very weird so i mean yeah it has to, it has to be spoken about in dr strange 
Yeah. At the very, I mean, even even Spider Man, because you know they have so much stuff in the news. The news is going to be a big part of their movie. So like, I mean, it, let's, we'll I see. don't understand too. Like, I was like, holy crap! So really, Thanos, in essence, saved the Earth because if yeah, because, because they said it, it, it would have to grow to the next population. Like, yeah, that so, so half have, the population was gone. So he bought yes. us five years. Yeah. So thanks. Thanos question mark, I guess. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Thanos maybe yeah. was the good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, Elena, I want you to uh, jump in on the same point and then we'll, uh, before Jeff leaves, we'll talk about the uh, the the post-credit scenes. But uh, the this reveal that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, and look, in the case of Icarus, he's definitely not a good guy in this movie. I think he'll have an opportunity to be one in the future. But, uh He's like, no, I'm just letting you. I'm just sort of keeping you guys at uh, at a safe distance, and then I'm going to kill you all if I have to. I mean, he did. He flew too close to the sun, man. Yeah. He saw it literally <laughs> and figuratively. It's true. <laughs> what is yeah. when the end when he flies into the sun? Like, I'm yeah. like, is he? Is this the end of Icarus? I, like, this, like, see, I just assumed y'all knew, and I wasn't going to be the one to ask that question because, like. <laughs> I'm like, wait, so are you I, killing yourself? Or I can't, do you know something I don't know? Like, no, I, I mean, I maybe that was his attempt, but I'm going to assume that he's not killing himself. But uh, yeah, I guess he's a we'll big, have to yeah, see. Yeah. It's like we well, already lost uh, two Eternals. We can't keep. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, losing two Eternals, uh, it, and then we get to the uh, credits scene. And uh, again, we're talking all the spoilers. We've been talking about them, so you shouldn't be surprised at this point. We get back to Eternals, and... Uh, it uh, was something that wasn't inadvertently spoiled. And when people go back and watch that episode now, I did take that part out. But uh, our, our pal Michael did mention it because it was in the news that Harry Styles is in the movie. Um, the part that killed me, I, I look, honestly, I didn't I wouldn't have recognized that as being Harry Styles. I've seen him. I, I, but I did not, I can tell you that I would not have seen that face and been like, that's Harry Styles. So in that way it was helpful. But when I found out he was playing Eros, who is Star Fox, who was one of my favorite Avengers when I was reading the comics. He's a great character. So I was like, oh, mother. Oh, now I know that. They brought in a foxy uh, star to be Star I, Fox, man. I know, because and, and look at you him. You gotta do it. Um, so uh, tell us uh, your thoughts, though, on seeing Harry Styles as a, a character that obviously you don't have the attachment to, but uh, the idea that the next time we see the Eternals, Harry Styles is going to be in there as as one of the uh, one of their Eternals uh, as Star Fox, Jeff. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I um, I've seen a couple of his his like um, movies outside of his uh, what's I was about to say One Direction, right? One Direction, no. yeah, yeah, One Direction, Harry. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, outside of his, you know, oh, music like you career. don't have a tattoo that says One D somewhere right here, there. baby. Right there. My One Direction, <laughs> I know, but. Outside of his One Direction career, I've seen like only a few a few movies, and he did well. So I'm I'm excited. Um, like you said, um, I didn't when I saw him, I didn't think, oh wait, Harry Styles is on the screen. I thought his he played the character well. I thought it was just funny, quirky, and it's someone new. So like as long as as long as you don't pull away from the MCU, and we don't think, oh wait, Harry Styles is is join is on whatever earth or whatever whatever world yeah. or whatever movie we're in i'm i'm cool with it if he can well, add they are a gonna new have cool a star fox concert so the star oh, fox good. concert i think will 
He's going to do all of his solo stuff <laughs> after yeah, he broke up the... from the Eternals. Yeah. He's going to be called Star Direction instead of uh, One Direction. Yes. Well, uh, Elena, I'll ask you about the credit sequences together because uh, Jeff only has a couple more minutes. So, uh, Jeff, let's get your thoughts on the second credit sequence, which for me is the one that I am actually more glad wasn't spoiled for me because even when it starts, I thought I knew what that scene was going to be. And yes, if, if his character's name is Dane Whitman. Dane Whitman is the Black Knight. It is not a huge secret. Uh, that yes. is another Avenger from the era that I read the Avengers. Star Fox and, uh, and uh, Black Knight were on the team. Every month they were in there, along with Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel. I love those Avengers. So I was very excited to see him at some point. But then we get that voice. Basically, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And it's that voice that was my like, oh, shit, really? Uh, so your thoughts, Jeff? Look, y'all, you guys are the ones that had to tell me who the voice was because I had no clue. Okay. I just was pumped about the whole thing that was happening. I knew that... Um, that coming in that he was going to be the black knight. And I right. kind of thought it was public knowledge because like on IMDB on other places, it told me who his character name was. Yeah. So I yeah, did my yeah, research yeah, Dane and Whitman like, in parentheses, the yeah, black yeah. knight. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So like he's casted and, and yeah. then like I looked at it. And so um, to see like the, the kind of thing that they do at the end, it was fun to watch. And if it's if it's um, blade, like you guys say it is. Yeah. I mean, if it's, it's Mahershala, that it's would Mahershala be Mahershala Ali's voice. And the idea that that character would be tied together with Blade, I'm just like, wait, what? I, okay, I did not expect that. You know, like even a little. Yep. You know, like I, 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 I don't know. You could, you could give me seven thousand years to try and come up with different takes on how to plan this universe, and I wouldn't come <laughs> up with that. Um, well, uh, Jeff, I know we have to let you go, and uh, Elaine and I will uh, revisit the, those topics, and then we'll talk a little bit about the reaction before we go to the, the reaction of the movie. But, Jeff, if people want to keep in touch with you, how do they do that? Appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys always uh, holding it down for us, and I will talk to you guys soon. But, yeah, if you want to continue the conversation with me, you can uh, meet me at Jeff Will Jr. on all your social media platforms, and I can't wait to talk more Eternals. We have more to talk about. And since I'm not joining physically talking, I'll just have to listen in and hear what you guys thought for the last part. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Uh, so, Elena, we have the, uh, these two credit scenes. So let's talk first about Star Fox. And uh, that was something that I guess uh, had not been spoiled for you. Uh, that, uh, the, you know, the, the actor. That was spoiled. Is, that oh, was you did know, for me. You did know. That's okay, why I was yeah. livid. Yeah, I was yeah. so because, mad. And, and, because... and look, it's not some dumb website that spoiled it. It's look, Variety. It was Variety. And that's it why it was actually, infuriating. It wasn't yeah. Variety. It was specifically one reporter from Variety yeah. who put it on his Twitter like an idiot. And then every yeah. other outlet picked it up and then put like, here's the big news with a picture of Harry Styles. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, you guys suck. But yeah. I did hear that Disney said we're taking note, like they're jotting down who reposted yeah. it. And I'm like, Boo, yeah, I I, and I hope I hope they do. And then it's like, uh, you know, the, and and maybe they'll talk to their friends at Sony. It's like, oh, you think you're going to see Spider-Man No Way Home? Uh, we cannot have you spoiling that. So uh, no, Variety, you'll have to go watch it. Uh, the the uh, Thursday 6 p.m. screening. Uh, yeah. And I, I think it's great. And uh, I'm excited to see that character. 
Uh, and look, I I love Patton Oswalt, but um, uh, I disagree. I, I, yeah, I, I'm I, like I, I love Patton Oswalt, but I like his voice. No, no, that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is I love him in general. I like his voice. I think he's a great voice actor. I think he's very funny. Uh, he was great on Agents of Shield. But I'm just like, oh, really? Okay. He's so recognizable. He's, like he's I the little troll. I think I all I see is like, okay, well, there's CGI Patton Oswald. Like it takes yeah. me out of it completely. Yeah. It makes me like not even like the character to me seems like even though the the CGI on it is really good. Yes. To me, I'm like, oh, it just seems so fake because it's not Patton Oswald. And I know that's Patton Oswald's voice. Um, so yeah, I wasn't wasn't huge on that. I didn't even think though that um uh Barry Keegan and Harry Styles had worked together on Dunkirk. Oh, on Dunkirk, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, it's funny until you said that, until that. you said that, I didn't even remember. Jeff yeah. was talking about, Jeff was talking about seeing him in other stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Have I ever seen him in anything? And it's like, yeah, dummy. <laughs> you saw them in the same movie. With them you together, saw, which I thought was, yeah. that. the reason that I know that is it filmed on the Universal lot and we had an NDA and we thought it was because like Christopher Nolan, oh, everybody's going to be, it's because all these teenage girls were trying to like run onto the beach of Normandy to see Harry Styles in the shot. I was like, that's sad. um but yeah i i'm excited to see what he does with it um i mean i think he is a really good actor personal things aside yeah no i mean i I think (laughs) i I, and look i think for that that sort of you know that character to be just sort of this just this ultimate sort of like ladies man this like almost like this god of love essentially i think that's tremendous casting i think it's going to be fun and we can really explore the fact that he is thanos's brother you know and uh just uh kind of deal with a little of that you know and uh sure you were on mission but uh this dude's your brother like you probably could have tried to stop him at some point i feel like too star fox is kind of bringing in the energy that star lord originally had that like now is like people are kind of getting over chris pratt so i feel like this was good timing too it's like it's like how do it's like I, look, I love Chris Pratt. I think he's great, but he's now he's Gar—he's Garfield and Mario. I mean, like at the same time, it really yeah, bothered like, me too when he was like, "Mario isn't Italian anymore. He's normal now." As a half Italian, I'm like, "Yeah, okay. like, what a what a weird thing to say, <laughs> you know?" It's, like, cool. Uh, My dad's not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, but, but uh, and yeah, then I'm, well, then I'm excited. Let's to talk Star Fox. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that. And I, I think it's going to be a while before we see the Eternals again. There's so much other stuff going on. You know, I mean, it's probably a good three years before we get to that. Because, you know, now that the we talked recently about how the, the slate, the, the phase four slate has moved a few months, everything. It's like the idea of getting more Eternals is uh, pretty far off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to uh, know what the untitled one that got nixed was. The, the untitled uh, Marvel movie that they pulled completely. There was one they pushed, then one. Yeah, that... the the standalone Star Fox story is probably what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Uh, it was the right, fantastic then... Mr. Star Fox. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, and then let's uh, let's talk about uh, the other scene. So uh, Dane Whitman uh, on the verge of becoming the Black Knight. Uh, Blade <laughs> warns him. Uh, what did you think about that scene? That was mind blowing for me. That was the one. Yeah, that's what blew my mind. Like I'm with you too. The the Harry Styles thing got spoiled for me, and I'm pissed about it. 
but I'm less pissed about that than I would have been if somebody had spoiled like, oh, like this is all. Yeah, because it's a it's a major story thing, you know, expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would have been more pissed and get and this is a spoiler for uh, this is a spoiler for uh, Shang-Chi. The knowing that uh, Bruce and Carol were at the end of it. I'm like, I'm glad that didn't get spoiled for me because that was a really cool, like a reveal moment, you know, where I that would have made me real upset. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. That would have if if that one had been spoiled. I'm like, why do and also the people who leave like we had in our screen. This is a like press <laughs> screening. Why are you leaving when the credit? Yeah. Like, what is this your like, first Marvel movie? That that I I literally said that. It, it's like that, it, I it's allowed. Like, I was like, sit back down. <laughs> like you know, there's gonna be more. You know, and it's like, but it's like, yeah, I've already seen one. I, I don't need to see both of those scenes, do I? <laughs> you know they like variety so. already spoiled it it's fine yeah but yeah i mean but the they yeah, stayed for I'm... the one that variety this by by the way which that was the funny thing about the uh the screening that we were at is that the only time that the people working there that are basically like the ushers slash you know bouncer security guards the only time that they watched us was during the post-credit scenes they're like uh you ain't, you ain't spoiling none of the rest of this stuff but uh it was funny the way that uh, they watched us uh there so look like very excited to, to see sure where these yeah right exactly very excited to see where these stories go and uh you know what's next and uh, and all of that uh but before we go i want to kind of spend a moment we talked a little bit about it with the review bombing uh and again once the movie comes out and people have actually seen it if you don't like it you don't like it you know i mean nobody needs to like something they don't like and you know look if somebody is a person where they're uncomfortable because they see two dudes like kiss for what one eighth of a second okay well you know if that bothers you you can write that i saw it and it made me uncomfortable that's who you are but uh just the idea that something in here happens that i don't think i'm gonna like so great well here's what you could do just don't go see the movie that's fine if if that's something you know that's in the movie and you don't want to see it don't go see it it's like what you know why do you need to go in there and uh, be like, well, I want this to be the lowest rated Marvel movie ever. And by the way, they still don't have an audience score. So you don't know if you're going to succeed. You know, critics probably don't love it because it's so long. Anyway, I wanted to take a moment, though, because we touched on it, uh, Elena. This idea that the reaction to it is is fairly divisive, uh, more so than, I don't know. I mean, I could probably think of another one, but uh, I don't remember it being, you know, just people so far apart in their opinions on this specific Marvel movie. This one, yeah, people either really loved it or really hated it, it seemed, which to me was, I I still think it's weird because I'm like, I don't understand the people who were like, it's too dense, it's too dense. I'm like, you're too dense. This movie is brilliant. Like, I just, I don't understand why people like don't like it. Like, they're like, it's too many sets. It's too many locations. It's too many time periods, too many characters. All of it is fleshed out like in a very logical, easy, consumable way. So I don't, I just, I don't understand all the hate on this. And I really don't understand like the anti-LGBTQIA stance on it when it is not like, there's not a gay sex scene in it. It's just like two guys who love each other, quick peck, and then like talking about how they love their kids. So I think if people who said they didn't like it because the thought of it, if they actually saw it, probably wouldn't have that big of a problem with it. But 
it's like anything like it's um like when we the the women's march years ago when everybody was knitting like the the pussy caps that are the yeah like the hats that are the pink like yeah. they're cat ears yeah they're pink cat ears and the people are like oh i these people are wearing vaginas on their head and i'm like you don't know what you're talking about well you to be fair to be fair most of the people it. yeah but to be fair most of the people who said that had never seen one so they didn't know what it looked like you know so that that made it difficult fair, I, fair. I think. Yeah, but no, and it, it's just like I, I have friends who like casually like superhero movies and they see most of them, but you know, they don't, they're not as into it. And they're like, I'm hearing bad things about that. And they're, they're saying that, like, that me, like, I'm the only person they know that liked it. I'm like, well, I don't know who you know then, because in general, like, we all saw it together and we, you know, uh, our, our pal Roxy saw it, uh, Roxy Stryer, who uh, I believe will be on an upcoming episode uh, talking about this. Uh, so it'd be very exciting to have Roxy on. Uh, she was uh, unable to join us today, but uh, hopefully we uh, can have her on with us sometime soon. Uh, she liked it. You know, so, uh, you know, and then it's just, look, critics don't like superhero movies. Uh, some critics just don't like them, period. And then others are just tired. There's like we said, this is the 25th movie. Out, yeah. Yeah. But and I, my thing is, I think a lot of it too is because a lot of the people who reviewed it saw it at the red carpet premiere. Right. And honestly, I don't like watching movies at red carpet premieres because after you do the carpet, you're kind of exhausted. Like your energy is all up, your adrenaline's going. But then, like, after I almost never stay, I almost go to a later screening because I know I'm not going to enjoy it as much because I'm not in the mindset of like, let me sit and watch a two and a half hour movie right now when it's like, oh, my adrenaline's up and now it's like falling. That's when people normally go and do like the after parties and stuff. So I feel like a lot of the press screenings kind of depend too on when you see it and if you're mentally and emotionally prepared to go sit for almost three hours to watch a movie like this, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that uh, the way to see it is if you're lucky enough to go to a press screening, uh, you can uh, see it the way that uh, Elena, Jeff and I did uh, and uh, go attend a fun press screening, uh, which we were able to do. And, uh, you know, and uh, I'm, I've shared the photo in an awkward way uh, where it's not actually showing us, but uh, here we are right beforehand. Yeah. And uh, what we what we learned, though, is uh, that if uh, we hadn't gone to Shake Shack ahead of time, uh, we might have actually been able to go to the fancier theater and see it in IMAX, you know. That's so. never happened before, though. Like we... Yeah. I, for both of us, this is the very first screening that that's ever been the case. So, yeah, I no, don't exactly. blame us. And our shake, my shake was delicious. I regret nothing. And and my shack was delicious as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> in any case, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it was. Uh, look, I, I agree with you. It's. Uh, I think that uh, seeing these things. Uh, you know, and it's like going to a press screening. It's not like seeing it with a regular audience, but you are seeing it with an audience who's seeing it for the first time. It's not people who worked on it for the most part. So uh, I think that that, uh, that is a fun way to see it. And a lot of times I usually end up seeing these movies again. I'll usually I'll go with my wife and see it a, a second time. Um, and sometimes in some occasions I've even seen them three times, you know, it just depends mm -hmm. on what the movie was. So, uh, I yeah, I'm excited for, I mean, if people are watching this now, that means that they've already seen it. Uh, but I'm excited to be at this moment in time where we can start to hear from people 
who do love the Marvel movies. And you know, maybe not every one of them is their favorite, but in general, these are people who are predisposed to like it. And I can't wait to be able to talk to our audience and uh, just uh, people on social media about about this movie and what they liked about it. So uh, I, it's exciting to have it out. And then uh, before you know it, we are going to be talking about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. But uh, Elena, thank you for uh, joining me at the movie, but also for uh, sharing your thoughts uh, with our audience here on Marvel Movie Talk. Uh, if people want to keep in touch with you, how do they do that? Thank you so much for having me. I always love getting to chat with you. Um, if anybody wants to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Elena Jordan, A-L-A-N-A-J-O-R-D-A-N. Everybody spells it wrong, so, you know. Um, and <laughs> on Instagram at Elena J. Jordan. And starting tonight, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch regularly. Um, actually, I'm going to talk to you later about that because I want you to come be on the show. Um, all but, right. I, yeah. I have appeared on Twitch before, so I would be happy to. Get all twitchy. Yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> but... <laughs> get all twitchy. Get all twitchy. <laughs> Which I hope um, is what your show is called. All twitchy. Yes. Get all twitchy. <laughs> just... uh, well, um, yes. Thank you. TV slash Elena Jordan. It's yes. all my name. Boring. yeah exactly that's the way to do it and uh well i appreciate you uh taking the time and uh, it's always fun to get a chance to chat with you joined now to talk about eternals with all the spoilers the eternal eric connor count eric connor eric glad to Thank have you. you back on the show a pleasure it is i i felt a hole in my soul or a hole here like i lost my gold uh orb without a, you and now the orb is returned to my chest a blat sized hole that has now been filled and i must say that i am honored to fill your hole so welcome <laughs> to the show and uh eric we previously had a conversation i went to a very fancy press screening with our friends jeff and elena we talked a lot about it but i want you overall thoughts the expectations going into Eternals and your thoughts once you actually saw it. I had very low expectations going in. You know, this is one where my sons have been talking about the Rotten Tomatoes scores nonstop for this one. The second it went below 60%, it like set off like a five alarm in my house. I mean, my 10 year old doesn't even know what the heck a Rotten Tomato is uh, in real life or on the web. And yet he was panicking. And then we go and see this movie and they they liked it, but I thought there was something really special about this one. Now, it, it is not going to fall in my top five MCUs or probably even top 10, but there's something to be said about all the things they did here. And once again, I mean, Kevin Feige and, and the whole MCU crew, like they're, they're, playing it safe is not their thing. I mean, they're really, they take big swings with these things and they, find interesting performers, interesting storytellers. I thought the cinematography on this one was really stunning. Like I absolutely loved the look of so much of it. I, I trust me, especially, you know, as a writer, so teaches writing. I'm like, where the hell is the antagonist? Why is this so episodic? I, all that definitely raced through my head as I watched it. But I, I tell you, I, I really enjoyed this. I, I'm really, uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I would be running to see Eternals too, but I hope it's not the last I see some of these characters because I found myself really drawn to a number of them, 
including, of course, my newest Happy Meal toy, as in Happy Meal toy stolen from one of my sons. Don't tell them. I'm going to put it back without their noticing it. I it's, hope. It, it's a sad meal for them now uh, because there's <laughs> yeah, no it, toy with it. But it, No, it, it's definitely uh, ennui uh, uh, meal now. I think <laughs> the, that's the new brand. The McDonald's ennui meal. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope that uh, your house is filled with ennui meals. Always. Uh, in any case, yeah, I think that uh, this was, you know, even people who – weren't as impressed by the movie are uh, giving credit to the fact that it was a very big swing. I think having a, a, an ensemble film with really 10 cast members is a lot. And, you know, I think that it is a very different movie. This is not going to appeal to everyone who enjoyed say the first Avengers. And, you know, this isn't for everybody who likes every big blockbuster, uh, you know, summer slash, I guess, November movie, whatever. But it's it's not it's not for everyone. It's not as accessible as a lot of the MCU stuff. You know, I've been saying since I first saw it and uh, let me know if you agree with this. It's the dune of superhero movies. There's just so much to it. It's so in-depth. You have to pay attention. But if you do pay attention and you think about it, you will be rewarded by just a, a very rich story that's you know spans well more than seven thousand years uh and uh i think that there are some great characters uh many of whom get to have some laughs along the way they get to provide us with some laughs that is um and yeah i i think that uh i'm impressed really uh with uh, how well it came together and i think that uh for the most part i'm really impressed by the the characters that we're able to get to know them as well as we do when you consider that there's so many of them even with it being two hours and 47 minutes you know uh so i and, think and that... i wasn't bored i mean like yeah I, I didn't feel the runtime i uh i didn't look at my apple watch you know um occasionally my apple watch looked at me i believe but that's my own issues yeah, well, you know, your Apple Watch is trying to convince you. Shouldn't you be at home watching Ted Lasso or C starring, <laughs> starring Jason Momoa? You know, they're they're always trying to remind you what uh, content. Like, hey, should you stop by the Apple Bar on the way home and get a dongle or two? I get it. You know, that's speaking of Mythic Quest. <laughs> um, I just, uh, yeah. I, I so let's go into some of the specifics, some of the things that really stood out for you in, in terms of, you know, favorite characters, favorite moments, really anything like that. You know, some of the stuff that uh, really stuck with you with the film. You, you know, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, or I, have, I apologize for butchering his name. I've never had to say it out loud. I realized in my life, and now I have. Yeah. And I ruined it. Uh, my, I, I adored him in this. Like he shows <laughs> up, and he just with one look, I'm like, you know, uh, I was like, when did he? So I went with with my kids and a, and a friend of ours, and I turned to her. I'm like, when did he get hot? She's like, well, you saw him shirtless. Like he kept posting those photos. I'm like, yeah, but more than that, like his presence. Like he shows up and just that look of the razor that yeah, he had like the, the, the Dwayne Johnson uh, rock people's eyebrow thing going once or twice. And I, I found him so charming and fun and, and, and it was one of those, like, thank God they had him like this movie, like could have been, it could have choked on its own ambitions. 
And it was so helpful having him having, uh, and I have to look up these character names. I have to admit, cause I remember none of them. Uh, Fastos, all, all with the weird spellings too. Like Icarus with an I with the, I'm sorry, with a K A R I S. I'm still confused about, but Brian Tyree Henry is Fastos. I thought also he showed up and he, I mean, a, a same sex couple in MCU, of course, a same sex kiss, but there's so much more to him than just he is playing, uh, you know, a character who's gay. He is so fascinating, and his like guilt over what he himself single handedly might have might have brought upon with uh, Hiroshima, which I was like, wow, that is going. That, yeah, they 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 went really deep Jeez. and they went really dark and gave us something to think about, you and know? it worked. I mean, yeah. I actually was like feeling for him in a way that I was like, wow, like. That's a, uh, I mean, this is not popcorn films, which is good because I've been avoiding popcorn in movie theaters because uh, of, you know, that thing you might have heard of called COVID. Uh, well, I don't know if you know that uh, popcorn is actually the ultimate protection uh, from uh, COVID. Instead of getting a booster vaccine, you should actually just eat more, more popcorn. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that was a study from the Orville Redenbacher Institute. Right, right, right. That's uh, the that's the shot I got. The my booster was Orville Redenbacher. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just the 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 squirtings <laughs> from the butter uh, pump there. Uh, Put it in my vein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, look, there's no movie that I've been to in a movie theater that it wasn't a uh, popcorn movie for me. Uh, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, this, this is definitely a little bit different than some of your more traditional fare. Uh, I, I absolutely agree uh, with that assessment. Uh, so yeah. And I think uh, having Kamal Nanjani just right away, I, I said this earlier that I think that, he within seconds i was like this is why they cast him he's so yeah. perfect for this character he's so perfect in this role he you know balances all the uh, aspects of it but yeah the uh and then you know he brought humor fastos brought humor you know and uh, there there's just so much to it you know um was there anything you know we're gonna sort of cover uh, all the all the all the big areas we're going to paint with a very broad brush uh because your time is limited here um what were some things that as you think back on it that maybe didn't work for you as well as other things were there characters were there situations uh what what was that for you perhaps the things that didn't connect with you i had no issue with her performance but i thought if you have angelina jolie in, the, in a marvel movie this is what you give her like, I feel like she has such talent and it's just like, seemed like she, she really got wasted. I, cause I thought her character was interesting, but I'm curious. And, and I'm, by the way, I'm glad that Gemma Chen was the lead. I like Cersei. I liked her arc as a character. Uh, but, but something about uh, having one of the Eternals front and center, who's perpetually losing her mind. I think there's just so much more they could have done with her. And it really seemed like, a wasted opportunity to have an actor of that caliber in a real, like a supporting role that could have been played by so many different people. Like it, it, it feels like just untapped uh, what happened. I mean, what are your thoughts on her? Yeah, like, I think Thena, that not Athena, just Thena, right? Just Justina. They, they made that uh, very clear. Um, I think that it, it is sort of like exactly what you said. I was like, 
wait, Angelina Jolie was in this movie. Why did she, you know, not really do much? And I mean, it is an interesting choice. And then I guess, you know, depending on what you might see from the character in the future, maybe it'll all make sense that this is where she was at in this one. But, you know, I think maybe one more sweet, badass action sequence with her would have been nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I was surprised and remember we're talking about all the spoilers. I was surprised at how quickly we, uh, how quickly we lost Ajax, how quickly we lost Selma Hayek. You know, I was just like, Oh, okay. So, and you know, we saw her some in flashbacks after that, but I was like, Oh, I was not expecting her, you know? And it was like, it's interesting because, you know, they're, they are the two biggest stars in the movie. And, you know, in some incarnations of the poster, they're the biggest ones on the poster. And then they're not really in it that much, you know, which is interesting. But as I said before, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised that Gemma Chan was the lead and that, I don't know, I just think she, uh, she did a great job, you know, as this character who, you know, we don't know the character. We're not as familiar with her. I mean, you know, we haven't seen her in much. I mean, I I mentioned previously that, you know, by being in Captain Marvel, that could very well have meant that she would not have been in any other MCU projects. And the fact mm -hmm. that they didn't let that slow them down, I think is great, you know, and uh, she was rewarded for that. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, I had uh, said that I had a problem with uh, Icarus. I found him to be just really dull and sort of like kind of dragging everything down. I mean, he was in a situation, the character where he had to sort of be at odds with everything, but um, you know, the comparison to Superman was very funny, but it's also like, yeah. he kind of felt like Henry Cavill, who I always felt like, you know, maybe dragged things down a little bit more than, <laughs> than he could have, than he needed to. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, so I, I think that those were surprising, but you know, it was more than made up for the fact that we had people, uh, we had characters who I thought were great. I mean, I thought that uh, Sprite was uh, yeah. really a great addition. Uh, Leah McHugh is that actress's name and just did such a great idea. I mean, when she asks, you know, why did he make me this way? You know, why is she mm -hmm. stuck being a kid? Uh, it was just like, yeah, that's that's incredibly you know it goes back to the what you said earlier it's such a deep and a dark thing to deal with and just what it would be like to be stuck as a kid for seven thousand years or more really um and you know we don't really get a good sense for uh <laughs> for why that is and uh yeah i thought that uh you know you were talking about how uh, Fastos had this idea in his head of, uh, you know, having to deal with, here's what I wrought in the way of uh, Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Druig, it's a similar thing of like all the things that I could have stopped throughout history. And uh, I was told not to. And then mm -hmm. finding out that sort of their mission was a bit of a sham, that then probably, uh, you know, it, it makes it that much more infuriating. So I, I think that sort of dealing with these dilemmas, these really heavy sort of like angsty things, you know, for both of them, I, I thought were uh, really impressive, you know? Yeah, and I agree. Like they, uh, I'm not thinking small in this one. I guess when you call it Eternals, you know, and you, you, you know, from from the jump, they really were, going huge and in a way it's funny i was thinking like remember the beginning of x-men apocalypse 
where it had kind of a similar thing, but it felt like, I don't know, if Brett Ratner directed an Egyptian kind of epic. <laughs> and, and and like it, it like started that on the complete wrong foot you know and yeah and seeing what happens when you do have someone behind the camera and have the storytellers that could kind of craft this in a way that it feels both big and small you know epic and intimate yeah and, and i thought that was a real strength of the storytelling was even though they were setting it against these massive backdrops like it, it never really lost most of the characters and, and by the way very much agree about icarus like how can the person who's the most powerful be the most dull? <laughs> no, that takes the trick. You yeah, know, that that, that does thing. take the trick. Uh, well, uh, we fit, fit the bill of most dull, but our most powerful panelist is now yes. joining us. Yes. Uh, the one and only uh, Caitlin. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, and you know, this is the ultimate flex showing us like, yeah, I got a ceiling fan. What of it? <laughs> oh, now it's because I had to do the Icarus. Yeah, shot. you did. Have I to had do to the do Icarus. the like, come. Well, uh, Kate, we've been uh, talking some sort of big picture stuff and we've got uh, Eric for about 10 more minutes. But uh, so I'll let you sort Hi. of chime in with some big stuff. Uh, just uh, expectations going in your overall feeling watching the movie. And as you think back, and uh, by the way, now that you're here, uh, Daniel drew Daniel! in the chat, Kate, Nat's better. So now apparently the show is much better. We were told there would be Kate. <laughs> there is yeah, no Kate. Exactly. Oh, wait. Hi, yeah. Simonicus. Yes. Hi, everybody. Yes. I think a single okay. exclamation point. I didn't even get a fucking comma. No. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was italicized. So that's mm. what they think of me. But uh, yes. So anyway, uh, Kate, overall uh, expectations, thoughts during watching the movie, and then as you think about it after the fact. Okay. So, oh my God. All right. So we're going to get to the costumes in a second because I couldn't quite wrap my head around it and I want all of them. Like I need there to be like a line at like Nordstrom's where I can just grab one. <laughs> but I had very little expectations of the movie. Um, I knew where the like I knew what the story was watching the trailers, but I was like not jazzed by it. I wasn't enthused by it. But I also know uh, Chloe's work as a director, and she likes to track outsiders, and she likes to kind of do slower, like slower movies. So I was trying to see like how would that directing style fit with what we think of Marvel. And the end of the movie watching it, I was actually really jazzed, but I wasn't sure if I was jazzed because we got some extra, you know, nuggets of the mid credits and the end credit sequence. And I was like, oh, I'm pumped for the next thing. But I, I at the end of the movie, when the credits started to roll, I was like, that was a really beautiful movie. And Marvel hasn't really done a beautiful movie. Um, they've had action packed movies. They've had thrilling movies. They've had character driven movies they've had sad endings they've had character deaths but that was a really really beautifully done really beautifully shot story and i had a thought and i don't know if it's right that the flashback sequence at the beginning after the opening crawl um i thought that was supposed to be done to when uh fuck what's her name what's her name 
it's hard to keep track so i'm not yeah, sure yeah, I, I haven't, there's like five of them so <laughs> which her are you speaking Cersei, of Thina, Ajax. When, when, yeah when cersei's explaining to yeah. uh kit harrington's character jane um, whitman, whitman, whom, whitman. We'll, whom we'll discuss we'll discuss him in, at length um i feel like that was supposed to be like I, I was wondering what it would be like if they started in London and then explain like we are the Eternals. Right. But yeah, I also I, go ahead. I also the idea of like starting with this like very almost biblical, like in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and like in the beginning, yeah. the celestials created all this shit. And then have that be the lie. Like you believe from the beginning of like this is the way everything goes, from the opening crawl to yeah. this thing, and like it's almost solidified in like this weird version of like Marvel fact. Like you're going into this like tome. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. then when you find out it's not true, you feel like you've, something has been taken away from you as well. Um, so you're on the same level as the characters. And it was an interesting way to do a story like that, as opposed to just being like, wait, you're all superheroes where it's like, we know what movie we're in. We're watching the Eternals. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, uh, the, the way that I was saying this earlier there, the way that so much information is given to you so early, that's kind of what I'm referring to when it's like, yeah. the movie is dense. You do have to pay attention. Uh, uh, and, and Kate, I've, I, I said earlier, I've said a few times, it's really the dune of superhero movies because it, there's she watched so it. Yeah. Cause it's just, there's so much you have to watch, you have to pay attention. There's a lot happening mm -hmm. and it's also not for everyone, you know, no. <laughs> it's, but I did uh, appreciate for the side characters that were coming, not side characters. Cause they're all great, but like I did appreciate and, and Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, the way that they introduced the characters as they are now mm -hmm. in little chunks, like you get Athena and Gilgamesh in a chunk and then you, you, you allowed that kind of, group to form and then druid comes in and then gilgamesh kind of steps out and then you have a new like point of friction with all of the teammates and then you know the next person comes in feistus so it's like you start to like get people in little groups as opposed to like getting the band back together all at once yeah it's more of like honestly it's like an oceans 11 movie or an oceans right, movie right, right. i guess you know where it's like you are putting the band back together they've just happened to known each other for seven thousand years and uh, i could feel that they knew each other and that they'd been yeah. through some stuff and they knew they had like as opposed to an avengers movie where no one knew each other they all knew their own strengths yeah um and they all knew their own weaknesses yeah, which I well, thought was a really uh, nice, fresh take. Eric with uh, a whopping six more minutes of your time available to us. Go, um, I, I want to take a moment and uh, let's uh, talk about uh, Dane Whitman, who is again, we're using all the spoilers. Uh, he is a character that we all know as the Black Knight. And uh, there were two uh, credit sequences. And uh, for me, the second one was the one I was way more excited about because of this idea that he's going to be the Black Knight in the future. But then there's also that voice that we hear at the end. So I wanted to get your thoughts first, uh, Eric, on that. Uh, I really have to admit, I looked up who the voice was. Like, I, we, we were arguing in the car, and then finally my friends was like, ah, all right. It's Blade, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, it's that, Mahershal that, Ali, and it's Blade, yeah. and it's not something that I would have ever expected no. that Blade to be tied in through the Black Knight, but of course his name is Blade. That's a Blade, 
you know, sure, it all it all works, you know. And and I got exceedingly excited about a a team up I never would have dreamt of, and yet Blade, but Black also Blade, bring it. And that's his first entrance into the MCU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is camera. Blade's entrance into the MCU as yeah. an off-camera. Are you ready? And I was just like, yes, I am. Because yeah. I love Mahershala Ali. I've been excited to see that since they announced it. And I was just like, and I don't even get to see him. And I was very upset. Yeah, no, I mean, he's it's like, you show like, me Harry Styles and you don't show me Mahershala. Yeah. What is wrong with you people? As great as great as Luke Cage, the series was once uh, once they they killed off uh, Cottonmouth as his character. And once he was gone, the, the so much like steam like was let out of that series and it was still good. But it was like, oh, man, they got rid of him way too soon. Uh, yeah. And so I'm excited to get to see him as Blade, which is a series that I the, the Wesley Snipes Blade, eh, not something that uh, I, I was excited about. So this is really something. Uh, and, uh, you know, and it's funny because Dominica Saxon sings. So was that voice supposed <laughs> to be Wesley Snipes? No, Mahershala Ali will be has, has been announced as the MCU Blade. Uh, yeah, Wesley Snipes still needs to pay his back taxes. He would yeah. love to be in the MCU. As, as Wesley Snipes says, uh, always bet on back taxes. So <laughs> I believe that's what uh, he always says. Uh, so yeah, and and look, I, I I've said before the uh, the Black Knight was in the Avengers when I read the Avengers every month. I love the character. I really want to see him. Also in the Avengers when I read it every month was Star Fox, and. Uh, if I had not been told that that was Harry Styles, I would not have known that that was Harry Styles. And you both missed That's it. That's not true. You would have but, known. But it happened yeah. uh, to our pal Jeff and I. But our other friend, Michael Shirley, actually uh, spoiled that for us because he thought we knew that Harry Styles was in the movie. And he thought uh... that we knew. And it was worse because he said that he plays Eros, which is Star Fox. And Jeff didn't know what that meant. But I sure did. And that's oh, been edited out. That's been edited out of that episode as it appears on YouTube. <laughs> Michael Shirley's been edited out of every Bladcast episode ever since. Yeah. <laughs> no, Michael Shirley's just been edited out. Uh, but that still didn't make the scene any less cool. Um, but uh, it's great to see that we're going to have the character. And uh, in your also, final Patton two Oswald, minutes, Eric, Can we just throw in Patton? Yeah. We'll talk about Patton Oswalt too, but so uh, so now two different characters in MCU, basically. Although I guess Modok is not MCU. Well, Modok and he was also on Agents of Shield. Uh, oh my Agents God, right, Shield, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah so he's uh, you know he is. They love him, and uh, I like him I too. Him. He loves you know, that. I, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I I guess that this you know unfortunately look as as a diminutive troll like man I can say that this is the part that he was born to play. <laughs> so I, I've uh, often had my my feet described as hobbit like. So yeah, no, uh, all for Patton Oswalt being all over the MCU, including I think he could have been Blade, but it just would have taken a bit of work. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> your your thoughts on the future, Eric? Uh, what this indicates, you know, the 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 Harry Styles and uh, Patton Oswalt reveal. And really the Black Knight too, all of it. So what are your thoughts yeah. about the future? And then and then Kate and I'll go back to the past once. Yeah, uh, we'll keep going. Once... Dance with the moonlit night. Uh yeah. You know, <laughs> all I, the way I back to Mesopotamia. So... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I'm gonna sing Babylon, right? Isn't that a song by 
Oh no, Avalon, not Babylon, but I'll sing that too. Um, sure. You, you know, I, I think what they've done that's smart is they've sort of protected themselves from, let's say Eternal, I mean, uh, it was at 70 some odd million during COVID. Yeah. We'll see what they do second weekend. It's going to have a pretty big drop, I think. So they've sort of set themselves up. Let's say Eternals just does not quite get the traction it needs to spawn uh, Eternals too. But by teaming them up with other kind of characters, you could see how if there was Star Fox, how that could get towards the Avengers or even maybe Guardians of the Galaxy lead with Black Knight. So I think they did something really smart at the end there, which is in essence saying like, yeah, Eternals will return. It doesn't necessarily mean we're getting Eternals too. But right. I think they've they've put them in places and sort of kind of like uh, bunched them up in ways that I think we'll see the you know we'll definitely see those characters again and that's really the thing I want it's like I whether there's an Eternals two to me is less important than will I get to hang out with these characters even if they're mixed with others because that that was the thing even my my kids and I were debating well who's more powerful you know yes they're eternal and that they don't age. But does that mean they're more powerful than, I don't know, Thor? And, you know, where does their power stand? So I feel like mixing them with other elements of the MCU is probably the best way to to ensure their survival. Because I think just standalone movies for them might not might not be in the cards. Sure. Yeah. But whatever it is, I do like these characters and I would like yeah. to see all of them. And I'd like them all to get more time, you know, to develop their stories and however that works, if that is over the course of 10 movies that they're not starring in but featured in, that is also absolutely fine. Um, well, Eric, I know you have to go. If there's uh, any uh, final thoughts you want to share, uh, including the ever-important Eternal Plugs, please take your moment. Well, yes. Uh, you know, separate from plugs, you know, one, it is exciting to see you guys again. I, I feel like... Yes, I, I did have my son's bar mitzvah, but I would argue being back on Marvel Movie Talk was the most exciting thing of this month. That's uh, fair. Never tell my wife or either of my children or no. any of my family members I said that. In fact, <laughs> no, and, and, and the beauty is they're not watching, so no, uh, no, we don't have to worry about that. that. They, why yeah, would they yeah. watch me? They have to uh, suffer through me every day. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, 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 uh, and, I'm, and I'm looking forward to talking about uh, uh, I'm sorry. What's his name? Hit dog. Uh, Hit monkey. Uh, yeah. Hit monkey. Yeah. yeah we we I have to figure out. Is, I'm excited about it. We have to figure out when we're going to be able to talk about Hit Monkey, and uh, we're going to squeeze that in before we dive into Hawkeye, which uh, will be right before Thanksgiving. So, and Kate, I want to hear everything about the show you're working on, but I know you can't talk about it, so I'll have to be patient. Uh, but I am excited uh, to hear everything you can tell offline because. Uh, that is a miniseries I'm so looking forward to. Um, but it's the top secret. So Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, we know nothing. Um, yeah. So we're just speaking in code now. But, guys, yeah. thank you. Always a pleasure seeing you guys. Yeah, Ken Eric Connor is still out there in the, in the Marvel and the regular universe. Come by and say hi. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, we will definitely see you soon. Uh, the great Count Eric Connor. Uh, but, I love uh, I miss him. I miss, I miss everybody. You know, we've, uh, we've been doing some special shows. We talked a lot about Venom. We're talking a lot about Eternals, uh, but it's exciting to have a movie on the scale. And, uh, you know, surprisingly yeah. it has become uh, something of a divisive movie. And uh, Elaine and I talked about that 
in our previous conversation uh, about just, uh, you know, it sort of being where we're at in terms of movie going right now is that uh, people make up their minds about movies without seeing them. And I think if yes. you see anything and you legitimately don't like it, it doesn't matter what your reason is for not liking it. You just didn't like it. But when you say, I won't like that because of my preconceived notion about what it is, well, that's unfortunate. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, people are entitled to handle these things however they want. But I think that people that aren't seeing it are really missing out on uh, what is a very unique movie, you know? Um, and, and I think it, I, it says a lot for where the MCU is now able to go. Because it's we've yeah. kind of been locked into this you know, 22 string movie of these started with six and then moved to all of these major characters that we love and adore. And now we have something that's slow and, and, and it is a long game literally because you're going through like 7,000 years of history, but it was less about like when they were. And it was always about like, it was always about like who they were in that time and, you know, them changing and it's them changing to love this planet and what makes yeah. us special and yeah sometimes what makes us special and in a way like the first wonder woman movie made the same kind of argument but it was because it was from one character it was funneled through one character like the wonder woman yeah. character is kind of like the cersei kind of tone um and she's like cersei is literally mother earth like she's able to change one thing into another thing and what is that at what is that a, a reference to or a metaphor for then like the best part of humanity? It's like, we can turn steam into power and we can turn, you know, you know, good into great. And we turn objects and things and emotions into better things and useful things. Um, this movie for me was about how precious life is. And I think that's why it needed to be at the pace that it was at. And that's why you needed the cast size of this. Because you had all of these different, like once you get to Civil War, you have all of these differing opinions and they're all right. But also the Eros mid-credit scene made it very clear that it's like we needed to introduce these six characters yeah. so that we could split them up. And there's definitely yeah. a space a space contingent that's going to meet the, 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 the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then there's definitely like the Black Knight needs something to do. Yeah, no, I know. I think that uh, you're absolutely right. They're going to be able to cover, you know, some very different avenues and uh, it, it'll be sort of interesting to see, you know, at one point, I think that when they were going to tell the story, there were going to be more of these characters. And then they realized that, I mean, even streamlining it to 10 is still pretty crazy. It's still a but, lot. But to not have 12 obviously made sense. You know, uh, Daniel Drew had a, uh, a great comment in the chat. Uh, he usually he's does, Daniel like, Drew. That's true. He usually does. And he says I, he thinks it should have been two back-to-back -back movies, one set in the various pasts, the second in the present. I think that the only problem with that, I think you're right, from a narrative standpoint, that would have been useful. I think that you might not get to your second movie if you do your first movie that way. And I think and that they the, really wa wanted to tell this story. Uh, yeah, they wanted to tell this story. And uh, I think that, Yes, that would have been a satisfying way for all of us. But I think from a just an economic standpoint, you needed to really just tell this story, do a little bit of flashbacks. And I'm sorry, Kate, what were you going to say? Well, what it, what it reminds me of is, you know, Dune was doing that. 
Dune split yeah. its its material up and to do two movies, and now Denis Villeneuve is saying it might be three movies because he might add a, a third one called yeah. Dune Messiah or something like that. I don't need another Dune movie. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Just one if was enough. Like, if there's ever like a Dune movie talk, like, I will talk for hours about how the movie could have landed so much better. But um, it does make sense that Denis and Chloe's out were friends. And uh, yeah. they both kind of showed their epics to each other. And Dune did influence it, how how Eternals uh, ended up landing. Um, they're both very similar styles. They're both are very similar pacing. Um, it re- the pacing reminded me a little bit of like old movies from like the late 60s, early 70s before like action movies really hit. Like movies like The Godfather, yeah. which were really slow. Um, and the, what The Godfather did really well, and I think Chloe Zhao was trying to do with her direction was the con- the idea of intertextuality, which now I'm mad that Eric's not here, <laughs> the Mr. Screenwriter, um, which is the, the idea that like certain scenes reference each other and play off of each other, and the differences between those two scenes or those two images um, mark the difference of the character. And you get that a lot in movies like The Godfather. Coppola is a master of it. Um, and Chloe was able movie because you had the same characters of the past and the same characters in the present and they're allowed to change and so you get these moments of uh reflection and then so you could see how icarus was unmoving and unchanging and needed someone like cersei who was moving and was you know kind-hearted um and was able to change and did want to change and did want to save these people and you could see the kind of like um intertextuality of their moments to heighten where their characters were at. I actually think that Richard Madden did a great job as Icarus because I always felt that he was hiding something, but I could never put my finger on what it was. Yeah. I think that they did play that aspect of it really well that uh, obviously he'd known for just thousands of years that the whole thing was really a sham and he sort of, indulged Cersei but he also couldn't bear to be around her you know and again this is something that Eric and I were saying just sort of dealing with just sort of the depth and just the conflict within these characters which I think anyone who lives 7,000 years or more is really going to have a lot tearing away inside of them you know and uh, I, I think that I just found him to be the just out of this I thought that everyone else was really so great that he really stood out for me and just how underwhelming I found him to be. I mean, you're probably right that this is what was on the page, but uh, I did yeah. find him to be, uh, to be, you know, really rather dull, but uh, I, I don't think that it you ruined the movie or anything. I think I just felt like he could have been more, you know, I but, think uh, it would have been hard. Anyway, me- go ahead. About that actually was, and I know we've, you've probably talked about it Chris, before I got there, but that what what I wish was added a little bit more was a more question before it was brought up by Sprite of why wasn't Icarus chosen to lead the team? Like, it was a very unexpected move to pick Cersei. And I don't think that point was clear. And, you know, we have that fu- that dinner scene where they're all around Gilgamesh's table. And it's like, well, now that Steve Rogers and, Kat- and Iron Man are gone, who's going to lead the Avengers? And Icarus is the first person to say, well, I could lead them. But he's not even yeah. leading the Eternals. 
So it no, and I wish that was brought up as like a sticking point because that might have been a little bit more of like a friction motivation because he's trying to be like, she was, Cersei was chosen. I care about Cersei. I love Cersei. Yeah. But I still, I still was, even though I know I've known the information for thousands of years. And the only reason is like, once you know somebody for that amount of time, they know all of your tells. Maybe he ran away from Cersei because she would have figured it out. Yeah, no, I think that that's a, that's a great insight. It, it's probably And like, exactly maybe he tried to pull, like the easiest way to save the mission in his mind was to try to pull the sphere out yeah. of Ajax so that he was then in charge and he couldn't do it even after he killed her. Yeah. And so to have yeah. it come out and go right into Cersei and it's like she was supposed to be chosen from the beginning and you have this like a little bit of like a distraught aspect to him, I think would have been made the character more interesting. But like the pieces were there. That's what was really weird about some of these. Like, I feel like some of the beats weren't complete, but they were all there. Like to make those connections, but they just weren't like the thread wasn't finished. Last like the last like little thing wasn't sewn together. So it didn't come together seamlessly because I'm making conjectures out of beats that are in this movie and relationships yeah, like that have been established in this movie but they weren't shown they were told to me sprite it was told to me that sprite loved icarus i didn't see it no it just only really it was already revealed when she then like runs away and is really the only one to side with him we kind of know that motivation but yeah we didn't get to see it develop there just wasn't nearly enough time um but someone that i think doesn't get enough credit uh, and is sort of the fan favorite, of course, yes, is yes. <laughs> Karun, yes. who uh, this uh, account on Twitter, uh, let's see, uh, fan, get fandom. So get fandom, fandom, they are the ones who created, you know, in the vein uh, for our audio listeners, it is just like all of the single character Eternals posters, but it is for Karun and uh, I did not get to talk about previously just how enjoyable that character is. Uh, he is, it's a lot of fun. The fact that he always has a camera and an extra camera and a replacement yeah, camera, true. you know, that there, there's never, uh, anything, uh, you know, that it's, uh, you know, just sort of, he's kind of always there and look, he has some very deep moments and, you know, he's a very likable character, and the actor who I plays love. him, uh, Harish Patel, I saw previously in the Hulu series of Four Weddings and a Funeral. He was oh, the father yeah. of the character. And uh, it took me a second because I'm like, I, I, I was trying to I'm like, where have I seen him before? And I'm like, well, there's only a couple of places where you would have seen this you guy. Would. You know? And uh, he, he was great in that. And uh, he was definitely a favorite in this. Uh, I sort of, and look, I think you sometimes, you need the the everyman you need the human you need the non-eternal to sort of and represent loved, us in those moments i loved that it, they didn't pick kit harrington they didn't pick dane whitman to be that person because it was an easy funnel to be like this person is now like dating an eternal and now he's going to go on this adventure with her to help get the band back together with her ex-boyfriend that's where i thought they were going to go and then they didn't do that and then we got this beautiful character which at the end, like his thank Eternals as he's leaving with um, 
I'm so bad at these names. I'm usually better at this. <laughs> well, it's look, it's hard. And uh, I realized in talking about it uh, a couple times now that yeah. uh, if I don't have the character names in front of me and I usually just try to steer clear of the actor names because it's like that, that's like taking on too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's funny because uh, Eric is actually in the live chat now, continuing to talk about it. Uh, because, That's funny. Uh, I guess there's a lot going on. But something that he did want to mention, uh, he actually texted me that he forgot to mention, was how much he geeked out about hearing Pink Floyd uh, time in the beginning. Yes! And that yes! was a really cool moment because it's very reminiscent. For, this is a little, this is going a little deep, but there's this idea that if you take the Pink Floyd album, Dark Side of the Moon, and you sync it up to The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard it of Oz, fits it fits. Perfectly. And the I've moment when it. Dorothy goes through the door and it turns to color is when all the clocks go off in time. And it's this like, you know, some of it is a little like, I don't know how well, but that is like the craziest timing ever. And yeah. it's like, when you see it, you're like, oh, sh so when they had that song in the moment and then it's like, trying to bring us up to speed with the Eternals. I'm like, Oh, that's such great usage. And, uh, yeah. you know, you have to be Disney to be able to license Pink Floyd's for your, your superhero that's epics. So but, uh, as, as we saw with the Cruella movie, Disney has no problem, um, breaking the budget on music licensing. On if music they licensing. Think it's what helps. Yeah. They've got some really good music people. They're so good, but I also love, I think the and and, and Eric specifically me. saying in the chat, uh, Pink Floyd, new favorite music cue in the Marvel universe. You I know. say yes. Yeah, My, I'm sorry. What were you saying, Kate? No, but the moment that I think hit me because we're talking about Karun before. Uh, I think the most emotional moment of the movie was actually when he said thank you to the Eternals. Yeah, and he was like yeah. full on like it wasn't when Gilgamesh died. It wasn't the funeral, but it was him going like thank you for everything you've done, and we really appreciate it. And you know, just like and a look, little, his goodbye Daniel was Drew. Yeah. Daniel Drew always being so prescient. He's saying exactly what you are. Just the when he words. left, just knowing the fact that, like, in his expectation, we were all going to die. And he's like, yeah. well, thank you. You know, because it's like, thank you for everything you, you did. Tried. Yeah. And it's um, like, these are the gods. Like, this is, this is Marvel does mythology. And can we please talk about Athena and Gilgamesh for a hot sec before? I know we have to, like, J just Athena. By the way, not Athena. Athena, drop clear. the A, She's drop Athena. the A. Yeah, Angel, Angel, Athena, Jolie. Angel, uh, Athena, Jolie. Yeah, uh, and look, uh, Elena said that uh, previously. She said that she wants that movie. You know, the flashback. Uh, yeah, Athena. No, Athena and Gilgamesh movie. Like, yeah, what did they do for all those thousands of years? Let's just see that. You know, I would just uh, love. I would love that. Athena, I would love Athena movie. It's so hard because it's uh, I know Athena. to put uh, before <laughs> Athena. I know it's like uh, Athena. you have to like yeah. hammer down as like Athena movie, <laughs> Athena, yeah. Um, it's I want her movie where it's just like almost like last night in Soho, but in her mind, like did what's you see real, last night in Soho, what's by the not. Way? I did. <laughs> Yeah, I need to talk to you about that separately. We so look at all these like it. separate, like, all these other movies we have to talk about at some point. But I, I think we should just create an other uh, like Marvel movie podcast, and then we just create other stuff. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly. It's like other a, things. A, after every episode, there's like an a, there's like an addendum. You know, it's like the yeah. Post if you haven't seen Last Night in Soho, please see it. But 
the basic plot of the film is there's a girl who goes to London and she sees ghosts and she lives in London and the previous tenant of her apartment, uh, she keeps getting visions of her life and her murder. Yeah. And, and there's a Marvel tie-in because uh, that actress, Anna Taylor-Joy, was magic in The New Mutants. And there's a nerd yeah. tie-in because Matt Smith was the doctor in Doctor The doctor. Who. So, you know. So. Really good casting on that movie. But the, the, Great casting, yeah. the visions start to become a little bit like we don't know when it's real and when it's a vision yeah. sometimes. And when do the visions so, start to invade? So but, and I really you're thinking like, like a story like that for Thena. Like yes. sort of that, like watching how she doesn't know what's real and what isn't. Yeah, uh, go yeah, into Mad Weary be... completely, especially when she doesn't have Gilgamesh to uh, help her. Yeah. Um, and and because basically for me, um, for, uh, personal time, um, my grandmother has dementia, and for me, I was watching a superhero version of dementia, yeah. and someone who wasn't all world but someone who was the most powerful um arguably um icarus yeah. can fly whatever cool but like she was a warrior and so you're watching someone who was a warrior deteriorate and i think a lot of people who live with people with dementia have that kind of sadness um and then it's like when she realizes that she went back into the past or she went back into another memory and then you realize it's you're not crazy you're just remembering other things and we're just not on your plane yeah and yeah. and you're you're being invaded by other planets that you've been to and other, you know, things like your wipe didn't work in a way. I would really like to see the world through her eyes and I would really like to see her struggle. In her, and I think that would be a really interesting film. So, Kevin Feige, if you're listening and he is, yeah. I want to make this film. You should yeah. talk to me at, at, at this tag. <laughs> yes, it's over there. <laughs> right right there uh right something there. that um we have neglected in past conversation about this uh ghost 386 seeing arishim the judge on the big screen was marvelous that was some very impressive uh cgi work uh and Soup. sort of character development and you know just also, sort of overwhelming and crazy go ahead and i saw it in imax so it was freaking nuts yeah also um, Patton is an exception because Patton is an amazing voice actor, but a lot of these movies do, um, A-list stars for their voice acting roles. Sure. Arishim was voiced by an amazing, amazing, amazing voice actor. And I have to give him credit cause he's one of my favorites. His name is David Kay and he's voiced by an incredible actor. Um, he used to be in Canada. Now he's in the United States. Uh, you've probably heard his voice if you watch, uh, last week tonight. Oh, we got a little, uh, we got Kate a little frozen there. So she was giving credit to uh, the voice actor. Uh, for, plays. Yeah. Sorry. We lost you a little bit there. It got a little, it got a little choppy. It's okay. We're... But he, he, uh, he's an incredible voice actor and I'm really glad that they made that choice. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, that was great. And, you know, Daniel is kind of saying something, you know, it's just I, I want all the Celestials, uh, you know, uh, more Celestials. I think sort of the way that it ends with, you know, Arishim, the judge is like, I am uh, going to see now what you did. Uh, you know, I'm going to see if what you did was worth it because uh, it. I, I'm pretty pissed. But uh, let me. Well, let they, me were, actually... they played judge and jury. They played judge, jury and executioner yeah. on one of his kinds. 
and went against yeah. their mission. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. I would like to know too. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I think it'll be interesting to see. I think that, uh, you know, to Eric's point, it'll largely be a financial decision if there's an Eternals too. But look, uh, the Ant-Man movies are not the most lucrative and uh, they did a sequel anyway, and they're doing a third one. I, think I don't know if there will be a sequel. I think they're going to be pulled into other um, things. I, I think they're going to get pulled into other things for a while. I don't think their next story is a, is a second one, but I think that there will okay. be, a, a, you know, another one because they feel like they're going to need, I think that we'll also be more invested in these characters as we see them more throughout the course of a number of other movies coming up, you know? And then right. I think people will, you know, in say four or five years, be more excited for an Eternals two than they were for Eternals one, you know? And I think sort of yeah. building up, some connection to these characters uh so uh oh and look at this I, daniel drew with the with the fact by the way that daniel k voiced professor yes! xavier in x-men evolution yes so, yeah. i knew you would know it see oh, this yay, is yeah, yeah daniel drew is, is uh our is and always has been our spirit animal and uh we appreciate that uh I'll plus you know i liked him in the fact he'll that he'll stay up until, you know, 1 a.m. or later with us. Uh, that's always appreciated. So thank you. Um, yeah. So let's. But I, did uh, agree, I did agree to ahead. make it a film and not a miniseries at the end. So that was my thing. I yeah. was like, it should be a uh, miniseries because there's so many characters. And I'm like, mm, I think it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. What uh, What are some other things that come to mind? Uh, things that you felt really strongly about uh, things that you really liked anything that uh, you know, just sort of didn't connect right for you. You're like, Oh, this didn't work. Uh, anything that, uh, you know, as you've thought about the movie since you saw it a few days ago, what are some of the uh, enduring thoughts that we haven't had a chance to touch on before we wind down this, uh, this little aspect of our, our, our hoedown here. Um. <laughs> To, to the point of um, the second Eternals will probably be more widely accepted than the first one. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when Captain America First Avenger first came out, and that wasn't well received when it came out either. <laughs> it's my favorite MCU is, movie. And it's now like a fan favorite of the MCU yeah. because of how it stood the test of time. I'm yeah. not saying Eternals is going to have that same, you know, bandwidth right. or that same acceptance. But I do think that it's a better movie that will be better over time. That we'll look back on it and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm not mad like that. Yeah. Maybe just yeah. Like, it, it, it's like the way know, they keep trying to on the bandwagon. Us, yeah, it's like the way they keep trying to get us to reconsider Thor: The Dark World. Except we're always like, no, we were right about that. I know you want to. No, we were right. You keep trying. You keep trying to make Thor: The Dark World happen, and it's not going it's, to. So that's just not going to happen, guys. <laughs> but it could did happen you, for you Eternals. It could happen for Eternals, and it and it did happen. You know, the other movie that's kind of getting a weird like. You know, you know what? Age of Ultron wasn't as bad as this. <laughs> like, you know, when we start rethinking things, so we kind of have to still, as fans and as long term yeah. fans, um, like we've been watching these movies for like a long freaking time, guys, and I think we still yeah. have to take that. You know, we've been living these stories; these will never end. And I was trying to tell my friend like. They're, it's like wrestling. It is like comic books. Like they're not going to just end. They're just going to keep evolving. And yeah. they do listen. I mean, Chloe's, well, she was a fan. 
that went to Kevin and went, we need to make a movie about this. And she was originally supposed to get another movie and then she pitched Eternals. And that's why she got this movie. Um, but it's like, listen, I mean, that's why they had did such a, a left turn uh, to do Ragnarok from Dark Worlds because the, it wasn't working. Yeah. So the best part about the people who make these movies is they're never solid. They, they keep evolving. They keep changing. They keep bringing in new blood. They keep bringing in new people. And now we have a plethora of cast that we've never really seen in a Marvel universe um, to choose from and to play with. I mean, Makari, I think, is the, un, the, the shining star of this film. I mean, we, we spent yeah. a lot of time with, with, with Cersei Icarus. We spent a lot of time like kind of being almost haunted by this ghost of Ajax who keeps coming back in not ghosts, but like, you know, the, the, she keeps coming back. Yeah. Um, and then Athena and Gilgamesh have their thing. And then the deviants have their thing. We'll talk about the deviants in a second, but Makari <laughs> was an incredible force in this movie. And yeah. uh, Lauren showed... Ridloff is that actress's name. And uh, she's uh, fantastic. And, you know, uh, left sitting, reading books on the ship for an awful lot of the movie. And uh, yeah, we could have used more of her, but what we got was great. And, uh, you but know, it's the like potential Endgame for whatever, War. whatever's going on with her and Druig that uh, people don't like. I'm like, yeah, we, we can use <laughs> what, too, what did you know? he say? What did he say? He was just He's, like, is this a new thing? Cause I'm not down with, I'm don't like it. Yeah. That's pretty much what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good. just want to uh, interject a comment from the chat from Uvula Scrimshaw. If the yes. Roger Corman fantastic four movie can be considered a classic, there's hope for any movie I contend that the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie is still the best Fantastic Four movie that we've had. Uh, the two with Chris Evans, I mean, the first one was at least okay. Uh, the, but the the more recent one with Kate Mara uh, and uh, Michael B. Jordan, as fantastic as he is, that movie was so bad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I couldn't it, get it, hopefully it. one day we get an actual great Fantastic Four movie. I went to see that in the movie theater, the, that Fantastic Four movie. I'm like, I always see these movies. I have to. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah. So um, I also this love is this, interesting. The, yeah. I would love it if the creatures in Shang-Chi Shang were deviants. And, you know, this is something that I was saying after Shang-Chi was the the uh the rings being somehow tied to the deviants or whatever and honestly the rings that fastos uh came up with that uh they that they were all bound together i'm like ten of let's them. just they look an awful lot well, like the I ten rings there. yeah oh yeah yeah but that's true there weren't ten of them but you're right but uh you know so i don't know i just felt like okay we're getting this and i think it's it's all going to tie together but uh, yeah, this is a this is a good way to, to sort of steer our conversation uh, as as we uh, steer it into the barn. Uh, talk a little bit about the deviants and sort of this idea that they weren't really the bad guys, were they? You know, no. I mean, the it's, turtles were. It's yeah, it's like we're because you're them. It was that whole argument of just like then we become them. Like we're the same thing. And that we are all creatures of this planet or creatures of our creator, wherever you prescribe. And it's, they evolved and their evolution was not like not deemed appropriate because then they became the apex predator. So a new right. apex predator had to be created that wouldn't evolve. 
but it evolved anyway because it started they the eternals evolved into a new sense of thinking that in life uh finds a way um and that they come to a planet where evolution is a necessity it's a requirement that they had to kind of inject into an already evolving intelligent society and had to basically like make us move faster <laughs> and like and and it became very clear to me when the deviants started taking the powers and then got the information and then the more powers they got the more humanoid they got the yeah. more they started to copy what they were supposed to look like or what they wanted to be in a way it was a very ultron thing to do yeah no that, that that's a, a solid comparison absolutely and, and what's the best way to become an apex predator it's take what makes them apex. right yeah i think that the 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 reveal and sort of the twist in this was i think incredibly well done and <clears throat> between that and mahershala ali i'll take having harry styles spoiled uh the fact that these other things weren't spoiled uh i was like all right well if something had to be then i guess it was the fact that uh you know that that I, I almost called him a Backstreet Boy. That a member of One Direction would be uh, joining the MCU, um, but uh, you know it's interesting because uh, friend of uh, this show and my friend uh, Katie Kawamoto, who has yeah. uh, been on a few times, she actually posted that the idea that Harry Styles is joining the MCU is like a, as widely appreciated as the this series, this universe this shared universe, this multiverse yeah. is you're opening the door to something totally different when you put somebody like Harry Styles into a, a film series, you know? So it'll be interesting to see what that does, where they put him. He'll certainly be in Avengers movies. He is yeah. Thanos's brother. There's so much to do with that character that, uh, well, I think he'll probably get a standalone movie before there's an Eternals too, for sure. Definitely. And I, I think that they're using Harry Styles to start to adjust the humor of everything. So like as, as Taika Waititi's Ragnarok really influenced the way that the humor went um, and shifted into the MCU, I think they're starting to try to read ahead a little bit of where film audiences are headed. Um, maybe, and people might be getting tired of the kind of how the banter plays. Cause it, it's still very, some of the banter does read a little bit like Tony Stark, no matter how you kind of, slice it so they're trying to figure out like how do we keep it like how do we keep things moving and how do we challenge our universe um and i think this unit the, the eternals movie for all of its faults and all of its great points it's one of the most cinematically beautiful things that the mcu has put out it's also one of the most character problematic things that mcu has put out but it's still a part of the universe and it's still part of wh what we play and it's now moving forward um, as part of the universe. And so I think they're using Eternals to gauge as a thermometer what works and what doesn't so that they yeah. know what to pull forward because Marvel was really good at, at, at seeing the curve before anyone else did. Cause there was that moment when, you know, the team movies came out and guardians came out and DC went, Oh crap. <laughs> like we need yeah. a team movie <laughs> no i mean honestly i've said this before that <clears throat> guardians of the galaxy was the the real turning point because yeah. that's when they realized that you can take these characters that people don't really know 
and you can turn it into something. And yes, you have to align yourself with the right talent. You know, James Gunn made the Guardians of the Galaxy what it was. Uh, another director would have made something very different and who knows how it would have connected. So uh, they, they felt like uh, Chloe Zhao was going to give them something that really matched the vision that they had. And this idea, and as you referenced that, you know, she pitched eternal, she wanted it. It was like, she was passionate about it. So please let her run with it, you know? Uh, So it is very exciting to see where it goes. And yeah, I mean, I think that uh, we will, I'm interested in seeing these characters interact with other MCU established characters, you yeah. know, whether they be, you know, whether they be uh, Dr. Banner or, or Carol Danvers or Stephen Strange, you know, whoever it is, I think right. it'll be interesting to see once they actually start interacting and being a real part of the MCU, because this movie, they reference it, there's talk about it, but they're not actually a part of the MCU on screen. You know, we don't see, sort of those ramifications, you know, the, right. the, there, there's some, you know, there's news coverage of uh, something crazy going on, but there's not like little cutaways of, uh, you know, Dr. Strange is like, Hmm, should I go take a look at that? You know, or, uh, you know, anything like that. So I don't, I think it'll be great to see. Yeah. Um, but there is it, a suspension it, of disbelief that has to be applied to this universe, which we did apply to like you know why don't why doesn't you know the hulk come help with other things or why doesn't you know the teams like you know what and during the spider-man movie like why doesn't someone else come in and help him because new york is obviously being attacked um we still yeah. have to do we, and we had to do a little bit of the same thing with, with going forward with with the snap and yeah. you know we're gonna have to keep doing that with these with these team-up movies when we're we're getting some of these kind of like comic books do, like the comics do, it's like you start adding new characters into these things. And I think we're, as an, as an audience, we're going to have to work a little harder to suspend our disbelief because it's like, this is the story they wanted to tell. And if we got everyone involved, there would be no story. No. So, uh, in terms of getting them involved, uh, Daniel Drew again with a great comment. Maybe some of them somehow guessed in Guardians 3 since it just started production. Uh, I mean, I do feel like that will be where your spacefaring Eternals can factor in, you know, maybe in a small role. I do think that uh, we will get a lot. uh, There'll be a lot happening in that Guardians 3, although I think we're getting the Guardians Christmas special on uh, Disney Plus before the actual movie. Uh, Didn't James Gunn write that because he was inspired by the Star Wars one? Yeah, which, uh, you know, you want to talk about something that uh, requires its own podcast would be the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, happy Life Day to everyone. Happy Life coming Day, up. everyone. Life Day is coming up very soon. It um, is. Kate, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank we you miss you. I know that I know. you're so busy. I'm glad that we have to miss you because it means that you're busy working. And if people want to keep in touch with you, how do they do that? At Cornellable on no Instagram way. and TikTok. And I am posting more videos. I did film some this weekend, guys, because Eternals really inspired me to get that ish moving. Um, <laughs> so there will be more Marvel movie videos and more uh, commentary on things. Uh, and you can always uh, uh, DM me if you want to keep chatting about Marvel stuff. It's interesting conversation in the chat. Ghost8386 can't wait for the Eternals on Blu-ray. And Dominica Saxon says, I hope the Blu-ray has a lot of extra scenes to make the story fuller. Yeah, Me I mean, too. even Me with like a two hour and 37 minute runtime, you have to know that there's probably a solid 25 minutes of extra stuff that extra. will only help 
I think, uh, the enjoyment of the movie. And yes, uh, I, I am always one to welcome uh, all of the uh, longer in-depth uh, deleted scenes. And bloopers. Yeah, that's I mean, true. we only really get the DVDs for the bloopers anymore until they come yeah. out on YouTube, and then we don't need the DVD anymore. Right, exactly. And uh, Daniel's like, just imagine the the case art for the Blu-ray and uh, DVD. And uh, yeah, because if, if you just uh, buy it digitally, you're not going to get all that, and uh, you won't have to take up room on your shelf. Uh, in any case, thanks again to Count Eric Connor on yeah. Twitter and Instagram at Count Eric Connor, and of course Kate at Cornellable and honored to be joined by one of the most delightful hosts I've ever had a chance to share a microphone with. One of many appearances on The Black Cast, a return appearance on The Black Cast here as well. The one, the only, Roxy Stryer. How are you, Hoagie? I'm I'm concerned that it's misleading to call me delightful. I, I'm concerned that I won't ever be able to live up to that adjective, but I am doing well because we're talking about something that I really love. Yes, we are talking about Eternals. And, you know, the only time I see Roxy anymore is at um, movie screenings. And uh, this was a time where I actually didn't see you. I went with uh, Elena and Jeff, and I guess they ran into you in the snack concession because you got there nice and early. So you got to go see it on the big IMAX screen. I was in sort of the the closet that they put up like a, you know, like a white sheet and projected it on it. Uh, but I still got to go for free. So there's that, you know. Yeah, the, you were in the overflow theater. Oh, I was mm. in the overflow. All right. The overflow. But... You got to get there early when they even on the invitation, they said yep. we are overbooked. Yep. Which why they do that is beyond me. But at the same time, if they didn't do that, I know I wouldn't be invited. So you got to, yeah. you know, beggars oh, yeah. can't be choosers. I'm only there because of the overflow. And I'll tell you for uh, Ghostbusters, I'm going to be there a half hour before the time on the ticket. So mm -hmm. I will be there nice and early. Well, let's talk about it. And uh, Roxy is so busy. She's so kind to squeeze us in between her many gigs. People who are watching, they probably already follow you, but uh, keep tabs on Roxy at Roxy Stryer, S-T-R-I-A-R. And then you'll know everywhere that she is because she's everywhere we all want to be. I think that, oh, uh, it felt yeah. like a, that's like the I feel the 2021 cheers motto instead. Yeah, everywhere you want to be. Everywhere you want to be. <laughs> okay, good enough. Um, so just a big picture. I always like everybody that I've talked to about Eternals. I always want to know what sort of expectations did you have going into this movie? And what did you think when you actually got the chance to see it? Well, I wasn't cool enough to be one of the critics that saw it early. So by the time we went to the screening, I had yeah. already heard that this movie was trash. So yeah. I went in having heard, well, the, the movie's going to be trash. And so I thought the good news about that is that I never agree with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so Although to be fair, uh, Coy, Jandra, uh, who we know from uh, After Buzz, he had seen it three times by the time we saw it and he had loved it. So that helped. But Coy's a shill. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, that, that's what people say I am too. But uh, I'm to a be chill. Fair, you're a chill. It was we're almost like chill. everyone else uh, didn't like it, and even people who liked it were like, well, "It was too long." But yeah, I think that by the time we saw it, even though it was before it was released, there was already a little bit of uh, of some stink on it, and some of it was just from people who hadn't even seen it. You know, we've talked a lot about the review bombing that happened. So you go in expecting this movie, like, well, are the people who said it was trash? Could they be right about this one? 
Yeah. And I, I also went in with the expectation that no matter what story wise or character wise, that it was going to look good. I don't think anybody doubted that this was going to be a good looking movie after seeing Nomadland and knowing what Chloe could do there. And then with the Marvel budget, I was like, at the very least, I am I'm coming from just seeing Dune. I knew that looked good. Now, at least I'll see this Eternals at least will look good. So that was kind of my expectation going in that I didn't really wasn't going to care about the characters, that the story was going to be met, but that it was going to look phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once I saw it, I, the way that I've kind of talked about, it, I think that one of the criticisms that I understand where people are coming from, that they do say that the movie is a little dense. It's a lot. And I think that we are in an age where maybe we don't have to pay attention to movies so closely, but that's why it's great to go for the movie theater experience, you know, because you are a little bit more, you're just more in the moment than if you're at home and you can pause it. If you're like, Oh, I, I got a phone call. Let me actually take it instead of like, all right, let me shut everything off you know, mentally even for three hours. Uh, but I, I do think that they pack a lot. You know, I talked about how like this movie, they hit you right away before you even get the Marvel studios logo. It's like, we're going to tell you a bunch of stuff. We're going to do a crawl like star Wars. We're going to have a big flashback. We're going to really pack a lot in there. So I'm telling people it's kind of like the Dune of superhero movies. Like not everybody's enjoying Dune, but when you see it, there's so much. It's like you definitely have to pay attention if there's any chance that you're going to walk away with that being a positive experience. And I feel like this is a movie that it really kind of grabs a hold of you. And it, you you have to be along for the ride if you, if you might enjoy it. Do you think that that's an accurate assessment, Roxy? I've been saying the same thing about it being the Dune of Marvel movies. So that's kind of funny. Uh, I, you know what, Christian? It's wild because you and I very often tend to to tweet the same thoughts yeah. to have the same thought to say the we, same we, things i don't even remember if it was this one i think I, no it was it was venom we tweeted almost this <laughs> we had like the same words in slightly different order but we both tweeted the same thing and then you just sort of messaged me just like lol it's like yeah we really did say the same thing about the movie yeah it's, it was Is wild it? but yeah. i i think for this one I'm just having a really hard time, honestly, and, and thank you for inviting me on the show. I'm having a hard time talking about this movie, and here's why. I really thought this was a fabulous movie. Yeah. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I thought that the characters were incredible. I cared about every single one of them, which to do in an ensemble piece is really hard. I thought it looked amazing. I was interested in the story. I thought this was a really cool direction for Marvel to be going in. I wanted to see more Eternals. I liked what happens at the end. I like the journey to get there. I like the characters really stick to their guns. And and so I'm I'm confused. I feel like this movie did all the things that movies need to do to check the boxes and more. I feel like it really stepped up to the plate and it made a movie that was not only decent, but really solid, really good, really deserving of our eyes and ears. And it's the lowest movie that Marvel's ever done on Rotten Tomatoes and all of my critic friends effing hate it and it's it's just wild to me because i i don't understand what they watched i'm like what what screening some somewhere somehow you saw a different movie than i did because your yeah. criticisms of this movie i don't under i don't even understand yeah it's almost like everybody that exits the theater you know at these critic screenings they should be given a, you know a blu-ray of thor the dark world and then like sit down and watch that and you tell me that this wasn't better than that you know i <laughs> but, know 
it, it's true. There is sort of this uh, backlash to it. And look, I mean, it's definitely something that we are seeing consistently. There is a contingent of, no, I'm tired of 25 now Marvel movies. And, you know, they're kind of worn out by it. I have friends who just kind of aren't as excited about them because there've been so many. And I do get that. But it's like once you see it, I, I I think everybody's always entitled to not like something they've actually seen. Just sometimes I'm surprised. And then this is one that I'm like, yeah, you know what? This might not be as easily accessible for people as, say, the first Avengers movie, you know. Uh, but, you know, in the sense of like, you know, that that one's kind of easy. I think like kids can wrap their head around it. Kids might be bored by this movie. I think I'm talking like 11, 12, not little kids like I have. Uh, but I think that, you know, if you can appreciate really good storytelling, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, they do such a good job with so many characters. You know, it's not just an ensemble. It's an ensemble with 10 characters. And, you know, uh, and I think that the characters who get to shine, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised that this turned out to be Gemma Chan's movie. I didn't realize that Cersei was really the main character. You look at the posters and you figure like, well, of course, it's going to be Angelina Jolie or some Hayek, you know, and they uh, and I've said I've been very upfront. I have read like a 12 issue Eternals limited series from 1985. I remember reading it. I couldn't tell you much about it. I really don't know these characters that well. There's some characters that I know better than others. Gilgamesh ended up in, on the Avengers at one point. Uh, and I know Dane Whitman very well because he was on the Avengers and uh, we are talking about all the spoilers. Star Fox, I know very well, even though he's barely in it. So a lot of these characters, I don't know that well. I've read comics with them. So it was great to really explore them. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me is when you have characters that are 7,000 years old or older, that there's just so much conflict in their lives. You know, there's so much regret. There's so much like, like Fastos, we were talking about this the other day, Fastos just regretting Hiroshima. He's like, I think that's my fault, you know, and Druig, like I could have stopped all this conflict, but I was given these instructions not to. And it's just, it's so much more deep and introspective than I think, you know, any superhero or any blockbuster usually is, you know? Yeah, I, I completely hear you. I think that the fact that you went into this with very little knowledge of the Eternals, as did I, um, and and maybe more knowledge than some, just because this is the field that we're in. So sure, yeah. you hear things, you know, and like going in, I'm like, okay, I can piece together that there's going to be a love triangle here. And I can, you know, there are certain things you can kind of pick up on. Right. But at the end of the day, leaving this theater, I feel like of the ensemble cast, I knew what each of their wants were. I knew what each of their powers were. I knew uh, what their their arc was in this movie and what I was hoping to see from them in the future. And so the fact that this movie was able to accomplish that where there wasn't a single one of the main characters where I was like, I have no idea what they want or wow, I have no idea what they do. I, yeah. I knew all those things. So when people are saying that this is dense or hard to wrap their brains around, I'm confused because I'm the first to admit Sometimes with these big comic book movies, these with multiple characters, I get a little confused. Or Star Wars, right? I'm always like, I'm a casual fan because if you start going to the be the deeper cuts, I don't know what characters who and what they do and how they yeah. who the what the what that planet <laughs> is that one time we reference. I don't know. Yet people are like, don't call those movies dense. But for this movie, a movie in which I saw one time and after one time, I can tell you about each character 
I don't know in what world that is to be described as dense. Is it fully loaded? Of course, we've got 10 freaking characters and we're going over 7,000 years. So we've got we to put a lot of information in there. But was I at any point like, oh, I'm lost? N no, not once. Yeah, and I think that it really is. And, and again, it's what I love so much about the movie going experience being back in our lives. You know, we had movies that were we had first movie first run movies that were available digitally over the last year and a half. But it really is great to sort of be there and immersed in this world. And I think it is so compelling and there's so much that you're really engrossed in it. And, and I agree with you. I hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, I could give you a little summary about each of the characters and even Athena, who we don't get to know as well, we know why we don't get to know her as well, you know, and uh, a few people have commented on, you know, boy, how fun would a, a Gilgamesh Athena spinoff be, you know, like a, just like all that time that they spent together, you know, and really the sort of pairings of all of these Eternals, you know, it makes you want to see more of them. And I think that it'll be really interesting to see how they get incorporated into the MCU going forward, you know, because yes, this happens in the MCU, they reference things, but we don't have any even glimpses of other characters. You know, we have other characters who we know we'll see in other movies, especially the two credit sequences. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, it, it is, it is just really great deep character building and i think that we do care about what's going on and you know look the stakes are incredibly high you know right. and i think that's important it's all life on the planet but really the also the repercussions throughout the universe universe you can say that the the stakes have never really been higher uh, even even with thanos so uh i think it's great and you know look i think that Obviously, people know you from your association with the DC movies, and I think that the Zack Snyder movies can be very divisive. I always feel like that what he tries to do is movies that are like this. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of characters, and it, and it tries to really really just grab a hold of you and, and, you know, just make you think even, and look, it doesn't always work. I love, I love some things about some of those movies and others, not as much, but uh, you know, I think that that's probably why this movie is similarly divisive, you know, because uh, it's not as cut and drive. Like, do you like the Avengers? Yeah. They're going to fight Loki and then they're going to fight Ultron. Those are, those are going to probably be fun, you know? Yeah. But at the same time we can call them divisive, but what does the Snyder cut have on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, you know, that's a, yeah, that's true. As, a, as opposed to this movie, which has less than a 50%. And going back to what you're talking about, even in a character like Thena, right? I would say she's the one that we probably know the least about. And like you said, for good reason, uh, that's part of her whole character. Yeah. But even for her, she's got her A want and she's got her B want, right? Her A want to help the team and to make sure that they don't blow up the planet by and, and kill everybody on it. And her B want is to not lose all of her memories, which we see throughout the entire thing. And that's what Gilgamesh is there to help with. So he, even a character like her, who we don't explore as deeply. And there are some characters that we don't explore as deeply, including like Camille Nanjiani's character and all of his abs, which we don't get to see. And that's a, a major bummer. Uh, but <laughs> there are these, there are the, there are the, uh, Icarus, there are the people that we're really diving into. And then there's the, the uh, characters in the ensemble that we still know more about than most other ensemble characters in any other movie. So uh, would I have liked to see 
more of Druig, who was my favorite character in this. And I felt like so deeply connected to his true dilemma. Yes, but it's just one movie. We're hopefully, it, unless this does not perform, hopefully we get another Eternals and then another Eternals. Yeah. And, and you know, when we've been talking about this uh, earlier over the last few days, the idea of I, I expect there to be more Eternals movies, but then also we will see these characters, you know, probably interact sort of in, in different pairings, maybe the way that we've seen them. We'll see them interact with some of our established characters, and that'll be interesting. And that's interesting that you brought up that uh, Druig was uh, your favorite, because I wanted to ask you, you know, when you have this many characters, there's somebody that you easily gravitate to. And uh, I I loved... Uh, I thought uh, Kamal Nanjani was great. And I've said uh, several times that he was on the screen for five seconds. And I'm like, this is why they cast him. He's perfect. Uh, I was a little bummed that we, he he like is like, yeah, this is your fight. I'm out for a little bit. I'm like, what? Did he have to go finish Silicon Valley? Like, why is he gone? You know, it was a little bit disappointing. But at the same time, you do have so many characters and it's hard to service all of them. You know, I was really happy that they did that with his character. It was a bummer because it resulted in him not being as much of the movie. But in terms of what's realistic, that's real. What's real is that some people want to fight the good fight. Some people feel like that fight is, they need to oppose that fight at all costs. And some people are like, well, I don't agree with you. I'm not going to fight you. Do your thing. And what he represented and how the movie stuck to what they pitched for him and how he doesn't come in in the end and swoop in and save the day and how we don't see him be have this uh, light bulb moment like, I've been doing this all wrong. I believe that his character could really believe that the rest of the Eternals or the majority of the Eternals are not making the right decision, but he's not going to stand in their way because that's who he is. And so I really like that it wasn't just Team Icarus versus Team Cersei, and everybody's picking one of these sides like we have seen with uh, the Avengers in the past. So yeah. that's something we've already seen. This was like, there's one side, there's another side, and then there's the people who are like, I don't want to get involved. Yeah, and then I think the interesting thing too is, I think, uh, you know, from the way that the film ends, you can say, I think confidently that Sprite kind of picked the wrong side, but they've known her for so long. She's family. They do forgive. Like, I think it was Jeff or Elena. I forget who said one of them were just like, well, they were really quick to forgive her, but it's also like they've known her for so long that there've probably been disagreements before. And they're like, yeah, I mean, what are we going to do? Not care about you. And I, so I, I thought that that was kind of interesting just that there wasn't like a, no, you're dead to us, you know? Yeah. I don't feel as if they've forgiven her. I yeah. feel as if they've given her what she asked for. Yeah. Uh, but by doing that, they really are servicing themselves as well. Because now Sprite's going to grow old and die. Which is probably yeah. what all of them wanted anyway. Which is, yeah, that's probably true. Which is interesting too, because that's one of the things like when, you know, when they announced the cast and we got to see who everybody was and we knew that they would have this character. I was just like, well, what are they going to do in like two years when she doesn't look like that anymore? Yeah. And they came up with a very quick, simple fix that she's human now, but uh, clearly she still has abilities. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see really where all of that goes. You know, give us the uh, Disney Plus school where she's at, like the Disney Plus series where she's at boarding school. That's fine. You know, you can, it, you know, you can really do anything. You could have 10 series out of this movie. You really have, you could have 
you could have 12, you know, I mean, cause yeah. uh, you know, we could certainly use a, uh, a, a black Knight series, which uh, I think is very exciting. Now, Roxy, uh, we talked a little bit about some of the credit stuff. Had you successfully avoided spoilers or had you had things spoiled for you? I had, I had avoided them completely. Uh, and, and it's so funny to me too, that everybody's talking about the post credit, the mid credit and the post credit on this, because while they were fine and cool, I think that usually when you focus on post credit scenes or mid credit scenes, it's because you don't love the movie that much, which was the case for Venom, by the way, that most people didn't like it. They're like, Oh, but man, Spider-Man, uh, into the, or no, uh, no, no way home is going to be crazy. And that's really yeah. what the takeaway was from Venom for a lot of people. Yeah. But for this movie, when I walked out, I really wanted to talk about the movie and nobody yeah. wanted to talk about the movie. Everybody <laughs> wanted to talk about the the pop star. So like, yeah. I just was like, oh, because you said full spoilers, right? Yeah, we're yeah we're all in <laughs> on the spoilers at this point. So, and, and that's very good of you to uh, look out for people who maybe are jumping in. But uh, yeah, so the fact that, uh, you know, Harry Styles is in there and that's a character that I love. I love Star Fox. He's so fun. And I think that uh, getting to see that character and it's such a rich character because as they establish, he's Thanos's brother. And, uh, you know, because you can see the resemblance, obviously. <laughs> but, What's the plan uh, here, Christian? What's the plan with Harry Styles? Like what uh, were they like, we got to pull in that younger demo or they genuinely think he's really good. Or is Harry Styles some kind of big Marvel fan that I don't know about? I just the reaction in the theater when Harry Styles comes on screen was <gasps> yeah and i was like is this because of the actor or the character i can't tell why you guys are all fangirling like you're like like you're 12. i think most people are not as excited about the characters i am because uh i'm very upfront that i'm from an earlier generation my comic book reading was primarily in the the mid 80s to the early 90s and that's when guys like Star Fox, the Black Knight, and then later Gilgamesh were all on, on the Avengers. The the Monica Rambo Captain Marvel was on the Avengers. So these are all characters that I like more than a lot of people I would say would, who are, you know, probably started reading comics within the last 10 years, you know, because they're from my era. So I, I am excited about them. I think that most people are excited that Harry Styles is going to be in this movie. And I forgot that uh, I had seen him in a movie, uh, you know, because I, I kind of, just I think of him as that singer, the guy Dunkirk, being, right? Yeah, he was in Dunkirk along with Druig. Actually, they were both in it. Uh, Barry Keegan's in that. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, he was good in that, and I kind of just forgot entirely. So it'll be interesting to see, knowing that he's at least done, you know, at least he's done some acting. You know what I mean? This wasn't like they just went for the stunt casting, and we'll hope that he can read some lines off a off a cue card or something. So uh, I I don't know that he'll get his own movie, but uh, obviously he's going to really steer where this goes. And I think that that sequence, you know, uh, Circe kind of disappearing and and sort of where all that's going, and being able to help them find it that tells me that they don't really care how much money this movie makes. They're going to make more Eternals movies. You know, I, I said earlier that the, uh, you know, the, neither of the two Ant-Man movies made a ton of money. I mean, you and I would take those box office receipts and be very happy to put them in our bank account. But for, for this, these, this franchise, it's not the kind of money that other movies have made, but they're going to like, yeah, we're going to keep making Ant-Man movies because we like them, especially because Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive. Isn't that the best? <laughs> it's just the best. But I, I, I think, Christian, to that point, when they were making Eternals, I don't think they possibly could have thought that it would be doing this bad. 
I don't mean box yeah. office wise only. I mean reception wise. When they were yeah. making Eternals, if you're Disney, and that's and Chloe comes to you with her with her finished cut, and you're sitting there and you're an exec and you're watching that, I think there is no chance you think that this is going to be a rotten on Rotten Tomatoes because it has all the elements, it's got all the star power, it looks awesome. So yeah. I think that they were banking on it enough that at that point they were like. Yeah, of course we're going to make more Eternals movies because this is going to make a ton of money and it's super good. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, I mean, uh, Disney thought that they were going to make seven or eight uh, Chronicles of Narnia movies and uh, that did not happen. So it's true. Uh, but I, I think that even if they don't get their own movies, these characters won't go anywhere and they will explore some of these themes and, you know, how they uh, interact with everything. But uh, I think it'll be it'll certainly be interesting what they do next. And, you know, let's see when the dust clears, like, you know, is it considered a success? Because the tomato meter isn't going to be the be all and end all of whether or not the movie succeeds. It's, it's definitely important in the conversation of people deciding to see it. I definitely know people who are a little bit more casual. They don't see all the Marvel movies. They're like, oh, you liked Eternals? I heard it was terrible. I'm like, well, you know, who did you hear it from? Did you hear it from people that saw it? Or the people that went and did the aforementioned review bombing because they heard that, uh, you know, that there's a gay couple in it, you know, that uh, that they don't like when they see a diverse cast and they feel like it's, well, this, this is just them trying to be woke. Or it's just trying to, you know, show people the way that people look around the world, you know, and, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, and it's a weird I, thought process on this one, Christian, that people yeah. could think this was because they were trying to be woke only because they're all like A-list celebrities. Yeah. It's not like they went out of their way to get a bunch of no names. I mean, they're all like fucking huge stars. Sorry, That's freaking true. huge stars, whatever we say on the show. They're massive celebrities. The only one who kind of isn't, I, or only couple who kind of aren't, I guess, Druig and Makari. Um, but like Gemma Chan's a, a huge star. Brian Tyree Henry is a huge star. Yeah. We're casting people that are like... <laughs> massive celebrities so yes they i think they're trying to show what the world looks like because by the way these people are created they're created <laughs> yeah i can't i can't get over this argument that they all need to be white why because all they're all created yeah. um all right uh but like at this it's just it's strange to me it's strange to me because we didn't cast a bunch of no names it's like mega stars yeah no, it's true. I mean, you know, Angelina Jolie, one of the most famous people in the world, you know, I mean, it's a, I, I'm not, I'm not overstating that point, you know, I mean, she really is. So yeah. 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 And I mean, and both Richard Madden and Kit Harrington are coming off of the, the biggest TV show yeah. ever. Yeah. And uh, I think that uh, it, it is exciting to see where it goes, but you're right. Sort of the kind of muted response to it. I mean, it, it had a very successful, you know, for a COVID era box office, it did do well in its first week, but here we are speaking and it's about to be the second weekend, which I think will really uh, tell the tale, you know, what kind of legs does it have? I think internationally, these movies usually do fine. Uh, so we'll really have to see where it goes. I think that uh, the stories will definitely continue. It's just sort of a matter of what they're actually able to do with them and you know do we get an eternals too and i think if we do it, it there's going to be a lot of seeing them and other things along the way you know they're going to really work up to an eternals too i think and you know we've gotten to know them over these what two hours and 37 minutes but we're going to get to know them even more 
uh, over the the next couple of years. Uh, so if, if the economics of it didn't enter into it, Roxy, what would you hope would happen next? Do you hope that uh, you had mentioned the idea of getting multiple Eternals movies? Uh, are you excited the idea for seeing them in having any interaction with other established MCU characters? And are there some that come to mind that like, oh, I'd really like to see how, say, you know, Bruce Banner and Fastos uh, and, and really Hank Pym, you know, they'd get into the lab and who knows what they would they would come up with. Yeah, for sure. I want to see them interact. I mean, that's the whole point of the MCU, right? right we're supposed yeah. to we're supposed to have our Avengers and then take our guardians and then make them play with each other. That's like the, how how we're supposed to do it. Um, right. And so, yeah, I want to see them. I want to see them interact. Obviously, I want to focus on some of my favorite characters, uh, which would be like Cersei, Druig. Uh, I, I don't picture him being as much involved just because he he doesn't seem want to be one of the main mains, but like also what's going on with him and Makari. I want right? to watch that. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> give me that show. Uh, put them Definitely. on an island. I don't care. <laughs> just ooh, mama. Uh, so yeah, I want to see them all kind of interact. And then of course I'm interested in what's going on with uh, Kit Harrington because he wasn't in this movie. So yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of setup you know and uh that that was kind of my thing because like as cool as it was to see harry styles that second clip i was just like wait was that mahershala ali did blade just talk to him and you and know I'm like confirmed right that yeah they confirmed it this week so it's like of course i want then i want to see that interaction yeah and i can honestly say i was intrigued by the idea of blade being a part of the mcu but i wasn't excited for it well, now that he's going to be uh, hanging out with the Black Knight and uh, possibly helping him on his journey, as they say, uh, I, I'm actually legitimately excited for where that goes and where it all goes. I mean, we have like next year mapped out pretty well, but there are so many, you know, Disney is squatting so many spots on the calendar of, you know, untitled Marvel project, you know, that uh, they know what it all is. And uh, I think when we find out, uh, it's going to be great. And uh, it'll be exciting to run into you at the, the screenings for them. I just want to uh, bring in a, a quick question from uh, just a comment from the chat. Craig Robinson from Across the, po the Pond. So this is what a Marvel DC crossover looks like. I'm here <laughs> for it. And Daniel says he misses the DC movie news, the Marvel movie news, holiday crossovers. Me too. I believe I only got to sit in for one of those, but uh, that was- Those were fun. fun. Those were fun to watch. Those were fun to be in studio for. And I love that uh, you and the guys, when there is a big DC movie or when there's big DC news, you still find the way. It's probably easier using Zoom or StreamYard or whatever to actually get together. Well, yeah, Adam has a baby. Johnny doesn't yeah. live in the state. Yeah. Who so, knows what Mike's doing? Uh, so in our uh, final moment, uh, let everybody know where they can, of course, keep in touch with you, but where they can find shows like that and your show. Uh, I, is It's a night at the Roxy? I'm live I, at the Roxy. Live at the Roxy. See, I was Live like, at the Roxy. It's in the live daytime. I'm live every day except for Saturdays at the Roxy on YouTube.com slash Roxy Stryer. And then my, my big thing is the World Girls. We're live Wednesdays and Sundays. We give everything a whirl, so we try new things, and that's a blast. And that's on YouTube.com slash The World Girls. I'm at Roxy Stryer. That's at The World Girls if you're looking to follow us. And and while I, I don't know Dorinda, I got to meet her very briefly at the show. Dorina. Oh, I got her name wrong. Yikes. Mm. Sorry. Uh, I, that's, how, that's how little I know her. But uh, I, I am with you in that Steph Sabra is one of my favorite people that I've ever She's great. met. She's just uh, wonderful. And uh, if nothing else, 
watch her running away from everything at Halloween Horror Nights. I think that uh, people should <laughs> seek that out. Yeah, it's sure. crazy. Yeah, well, she just called me right before this and asked what I thought about stealing a grocery cart for something. So we'll see how that goes down. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure she needs it for a good reason. Why would mm -hmm. Steph take a grocery cart if she didn't need it? I don't know. Roxy, it's always wonderful to run into you, even though it's uh, briefly at these movie premieres, but we at least you always get to be the one I talk to. And I'm glad that we're able to do a show now and it has been far too long and uh hopefully we're able to uh, do something together again before too long agreed well thank you so much roxy stryer she's got other shows to run off to uh i'll stay and uh, talk to a few people in the chat but thanks again roxy we'll talk to you soon bye christian so delightful to have roxy so fun to get to catch up with her i hadn't seen her in a while so just a few comments i want to make sure we get in uh lewis cox in the chat black knight and blade were on the same team as captain britain and i think a lot of people are mentioning and you tell me, Daniel, is that the uh, MI-13? Is that the same thing? Uh, because there is history of Blade and Black Knight. And that's something that in our earlier conversations, I actually was not aware of. I have I just said earlier how my familiarity with comic books is basically like 1983 to 1993. And I, I still read some stuff now. I've uh, kept kind of loose tabs, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that I miss. You know, Lewis uh, kind of saying he kind of agrees with both Roxy and myself that Eternals is doomed for superheroes. In any case, I have appreciated all of you uh, being with us. It was wonderful to get to catch up with Roxy. It had been very long. I actually couldn't tell you the last time I did a show with her. We used to run into each other at AfterBuzz all the time. I'd try and drag her into the studio for 10, 15 minutes every once in a while. But even then, she was so busy, and uh, she literally fit us in. She had a 30-minute window, like basically 40 minutes of break time. She's like, I can give you 30, and uh, I, had, I had asked for the 20 to 30, so I got 30, and I was very excited that uh, she was able to join us. So continue the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at Christian DMZ. Continue to leave comments uh, on the YouTube page. Please let us know what you think of Eternals. Maybe some of you still haven't seen it and hopefully we have convinced you to see it and we welcome all of your feedback and we will see you next time on The Black Cast. What's on the TV? iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listen into Blackcast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listen into Blackcast. You 
don't know what you are missing Damn fine show hosted by Christian He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing Listening to Blackcast Click subscribe on this podcast You won't be the first, but don't you be last Listen while you pumping your gas Listening to Blackcast On this episode, it's Jean Grey Talking about the things that she say So distracted, didn't feed bay Listening to Blackcast Met this girl, she smiled in my face Black cast in Chile to my place Had one beer, she brought a whole case Listening to Black Cast Cops knock on the door and listen Black cast on, they think I'm Christian Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin' Listening to Black Cast My point is, listen to this show Don't need me to tell you it's dope Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgo Listening to Black Cast Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast, it's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV, that's right. That's that guy, Christian, you rock! Alright, several taxes had to go take care of some business. But I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show.